This episode of the Old School Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast is brought to you by Gray's Restaurant and Andrews Insurance Agency. Please let these longtime sponsors of Red Hill Sports know that you heard about them on the Old School Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast. I know it seems like many years that anytime you wanted to go out for a dinner, whether it be a special occasion or, or just a casual dinner, you went to Gray's Restaurant in Bridgeport. Well, there's a reason for that. In September, they will celebrate their 75th anniversary of the family-owned business right here in our hometown. I remember when many people just called it Ralph's, and it was a tiny place with the best catfish around. I spent many an evening in my childhood walking on that pole out in front, waiting with my family to get a table. When Todd and Becky took over, the restaurant expanded, but one thing hasn't changed. Whether it's a great cheeseburger, steak, or catfish you want, or you just want to have a drink and discuss that night's Saluki game, you're not going to find any better place to do it. Support this local treasure. Stop by and help them celebrate their upcoming anniversary. And remember, you can always call in and pick up your order at the window. Call 618-945-9501, Gray's Restaurant. When you're looking for insurance, we hope that you would call the Andrews Insurance Agency at 542 Main Street in Bridgeport. Terry Andrews and Justin Shear are your independent agents and they're your professionals for all of your farm, commercial, and personal insurance needs. And they've been strong supporters of Red Hill Athletics for decades. So if you're brought down by a pack of dogs, get off your seats and on your feet and see T-Bone or Juice and give them a call at 618-945-2881 at the Andrews Insurance Agency. Welcome to episode one of the Old School Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast, where we're going to talk about the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, and just have a blast doing it. I am Brian Emmons, class of 1987 at Red Hill, played, uh, played baseball and a little bit of basketball, a little bit of football during my time, and uh, one of our other hosts is Mr. Chip Jamerson. Yep. I'm Chip Jamerson. I'm class of 1991, Red Hill High School. Um Dabbled in sports, um, ba um, baseball, basketball, and freshman, sophomore year, football, junior, senior year, but uh, not much of an athlete. I, I'm going to bring the fan perspective. Been a longtime fan since four or five years old up until today, even though I've not lived in the area for um, for a while. Um, still a big Red Hill fan, so hope to bring that perspective to the podcast. And I'm Gary Emmons. Um, played basketball, football, baseball, class of 93. We uh, also, one of the other gentlemen that has kind of the got the ball rolling on this, David King, unfortunately couldn't be with us this evening. He is uh, doing his springtime activity of farming, and, and uh, this is a tough time for him to get away. So he'll be on some other episodes, but, uh, so we, but we did miss David tonight. We have, I think, what's going to be a great episode, but but before we get to that, why don't we talk about how this all got started and, and uh, the idea behind it and, and, and uh, how we got going? Well, I was just, I started the Facebook page back on, I think May 1st actually was the day I uh, started it. So, our, um, so if you're listening to this on June 1st, this is exactly one month ago that we um, started the Facebook page. Basically, I call it old, old school um, Red Hill Slukies Athletics. And basically just a place for people to talk about, you know, sports in the 70s, 80s, 90s is my wheelhouse. And um, I've got, you know, I've, I've saved, I'm a pack rat, save, I have programs from, you know, like the 1983 yeah. season and clippings 
from the Bridgeport Leader and Daily Record and so forth. And um, and I loved when you know Mike Smith. He's always posting pictures like when when his sons Lance and Brandon play. And I just love and I I love looking at that those old Red Hills pictures. I know. I'm not the only one. Those usually um, receive a lot of attention every time he posts them. So I thought I just, um, I think we're all, you know, while we've been quarantined, had had a little extra time on our hands. And um, so I just sitting there and started the Facebook group one day and um, took off. Um, I mean, we had couple hundred members within a few hours yeah. and now we're close to 800 members right. 772 members 772 right now. right now and so so that's the facebook page so if you're listening to this, you're probably on the facebook page but if not just go on it's a group on facebook uh, old school red hill uh red hill salukis athletics and now brian has been uh podcasting now for a few months yep and um so he kind of you know when you saw the well, I guess you can talk about you kind of had the idea to start the podcast to kind of go along in conjunction with the well, Facebook yeah, page. I mean the the popularity just just took off immediately on on the Facebook page and people were throwing out different topics and so behind the scenes, Gary and Chip and Dave and I are talking like you know this would make a fantastic podcast because you know every podcast doesn't have to be you know a two hour marathon deep dive into somebody's career. Um, we've used the example a few times that, you know, we could do a 30 minute show on, on the custodians that used to sweep the floor between the varsity and, and junior varsity basketball games. Um, oh yeah. I, I mean, I've got, we can do a show on the concession stand. I mean, I can, I can definitely go 30 minutes just talking about the concession <laughs> stand and its transformations through the years and how it used to be a weight room and so forth. I mean, so we can go all kinds of different yeah. directions. I mean, yeah. And, and so, and, and quickly we, we, were proved that you know it looked like we were right as immediately there's who's your favorite player who's your favorite team name a big win um a multitude of things that that we obviously have interest and then you know then the the numbers just kept going up of people following and and not just following but people participating which which is even more important yeah that's the key is the is all of the members participating if it's just going to be chip jamerson posting pictures every once in a while the facebook page isn't going to go very far i mean we're it's the I guess, audience participation everybody um you know throwing you know you know it doesn't have to be pictures or articles it can just be a story or a memory or anything right. and um some things spark a great conversation some of them fall flat but yeah um and, and, and the thing is, we've, we've got, there's so many different facets between all the different sports that you've got, um, the different athletes, the different coaches, the different locations. I mean, there's just a million things we can do. And so we got to thinking, you know, if, if maybe every episode's not going to appeal to every single person, but they will a lot. And because uh, many times, I mean, in the other podcasts I do, it's, it, you don't have, I guess, quite such a not a it's probably not a good thing a captive audience but sort of a captive audience because the people that we're talking about the people that we're listening are all going to be the same people and and i think that that again we've got shows that we can do you know for forever i mean we'll we'll do a as an example we'll do probably a single show on the 1992 win at mount carmel um, and, and other games, you know, and we'll bring on people hopefully that, uh, that were part of it and, and can give, you know, that perspective or the coach or give that perspective. And, and, you know, um, heck we, we've talked, we want to do at least one episode, if not several on 
the cheerleaders going to Nashville and, and all of that. I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. For such a small school, I think we have a really rich history, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for some of the uh, younger generation to learn some things about the older generation and then vice versa as well. And, uh, you know, I've had a lot of great teams over the years, a lot of big wins, a lot of uh, hardware and trophy that's come to our trophy case. And I think this is going to be a great opportunity for everyone to uh, share in this and, uh, and uh, learn a lot and have some fun at the same time. And that brings us to our first episode, and we we had a discussion. What what do we do first? So we got Coach Evans, Coach Bill Evans, um, longtime Red Hill football and baseball coach, athletic director, history teacher. Uh, we've got him as our first guest, and um, just just finished talking with him, and I, I think you're going to love this episode. Yeah. We 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 thought it might go two hours tonight, but I think we were thinking it might go two hours to get this entire you know to go from when he got to Red Hill in 1982 to um, when he retired and left, you know, in 2011, right, right. his last year coaching football, might take two hours to get through that. It did take us two hours tonight, but we only got to 1992. <laughs> so we've still got 20 seasons of um, left to cover. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely have him back on the show again soon. But it, as you know, I think we all learned some things tonight. You know, we've all known coach. We played for him. We had him as a teacher. Yep. Um, Friend, babysat his kids, and um, I, we we learned some things tonight that we Absolutely. did not know. And he said a couple of things that we all looked at each other like I had never heard that, thought of that, nothing. Um, so and and I really hope, like I say, it, it it's two hours. I thought it it didn't seem like two hours the conversation, no, no. And, and I hope that it's like that for the people listening because. It was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, listen, you don't have to listen to it all in one chunk. If you want to break it up over a few different times, do it, but I think you'll enjoy it. Um, so, I don't know. We can sit here and, and chit-chat, or we can get to it. What do you think? I think let's get to let's it. Let's do it. All right. Our very first guest, head coach of the Red Hill Salukis for so long, Coach Bill Evans. How are you, Coach? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, weather's cooperating. Played a little golf today. Uh, like I was telling you earlier, I attempted to play a little golf, but at least I was out and about and uh, doing well. Family's doing well and being safe so far, so can't complain. Well, that's great. You're up in you're up in Terre Haute, and I'm glad to hear everything's going well. You know, when when Chip started the Facebook page, and we we kind of kicked around. I've got a couple other podcasts that I play around with, and and when we decided that we got up to so many members really quickly. We thought, you know, this would be a really good podcast because we've got a built-in audience that, and things that people would be interested in. And we start talking about our first guest and your name came up first and nothing ever eclipsed it. And here's why, Mook. You had 30 seasons, uh, over 30 seasons as a head football coach. Career record of 140 wins and 140 losses. 12 playoff appearances. Five times made to the second round, one time to the quarterfinals, two undefeated regular seasons. You were 20 years as the baseball coach at Red Hill, two-time regional champ there, 39 years as a basketball referee, 14 years as an athletic director. You're a two-time Hall of Famer in Illinois in the Wabash Valley. Coach, that's one hell of a resume you wow. got there. Well, thanks, but uh... – you know, there's a lot of things that come into uh, some keys to that success. Uh, you know, like, uh, first of all, you got to surround yourself with good people. And I thought we eventually got that job done at Red Hill. Um, 
And then, you know, you guys have heard it several times on scouting reports in the past that my faith was put in organizations being the key to uh, success. And then last but not least, you know, you got to be honest with the kids. You got to make it, make it fun for the kids. Uh, You got to make the sport. My speech teacher once told me to, if you do anything, make it live and, and they'll follow and they'll have fun with you. I think that's what eventually we, we got to at that point at Red Hill and, uh, you know, it, it, it was a lot of fun. We had some peaks and valleys, but uh, the uh, peaks, I think, uh, uh, overplayed the valleys. Yeah, you know, you mentioned your teachers. Can you talk just a little bit about growing up in, in Terre Haute and then what kind of sports you played and what all you did there for fun and then on through when you went to Wiley High School? Yeah, you know, um, I was born and raised in Terre Haute, Um uh, uh, Went through school, went to Wiley High School, graduated there in 69. Went on to Indiana State and graduated in 73 and got a master's in 78. I have uh, two sisters uh, and younger sisters. And uh, we grew up uh, pretty well. We were a little bit above poor, I might add. Uh, <laughs> and we worked for everything we got for the most part. And uh, from there, I, uh, I I started my first coaching career at uh, Clinton Central High School, which is north of Indianapolis, about an hour. Okay. Uh, that was 73 to 78. From Clinton Central, I went to uh, Wyanette, which is north of Peoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peoria, uh, there we, uh, uh, it was another rebuilding job. It was only a school originally when I got there, about 225 and I think when I left, it was like 130 or something like that. And then in 82, I arrived at Red Hill with the same rebuilding job. Um, getting to uh, the Wyanette job was just phenomenal. The people of that community were just just, just engulfed uh, Kathy and I, and, and they just uh, worshipped us and everything we did and helped us. And we needed money for anything they got it for us. A bunch of rich farmers up there. Uh, the we really loved that area, but it was five it was five hours away from our parents and our, our, uh, okay. our parents and my parents, and, and so we tried we were trying to locate a little closer, and we found the opening there at Red Hill in '82, uh, and then we just kind of worked from there. We had some lean years there until we hit into the course. We'll I'm sure we'll discuss the '88 season yeah. later. So, so going back, that's, so that's it, kind of a nutshell. Yeah. No, so, at Clinton Central, were you a head coach at Clinton Central, or were you um, assistant at Clinton Central? Uh, when I first got at Clinton Central, a quick job there. I, I arrived three days late on the job because I didn't get the job until in August, um, and uh, my first day on the job, they handed me a bunch of keys and said, "Football fields out there." <laughs> and damn it, if I did, damn it, if I didn't lose my keys on the first day. I was <laughs> And me and two other assistants were out there. The, the players turned their car lights on our practice field so we could go out and up for my oh, keys because wow. I figured I'd be fired on the second day. There you go. But anyway, it worked out that we found my keys, and uh, I was there for five years. I, I started as a freshman coach, and then I worked uh, an eighth-grade basketball coach, and then I went to a, a defensive coach. And I worked under two two head coaches there, and uh, – and they eventually fired the whole coaching staff. Uh, they they kept us on as teachers, but they said they were going to go in, you know, that old line. 
going yeah. a different direction. There you go. So and that was the time I felt that I'd put five years in as assistant. I really wasn't thinking I was ready to possibly go into the head coaching field, but but I went out on the limb and put in the apps, and I knew I wasn't going to find a, you know, a Evansville Wrights or a, you know a Ben Davis. But anyway, I, I knew I was going to have to start low and work up. So, yeah. uh, so then I, I eventually I interviewed at Red Hill first time, and then came back the second time with the board, and they offered me the job, and then we accepted it. Gotcha. Um, go ahead, Chip. So, so I, I, we're gonna get to Red Hill in just a second. I'm still because I don't know a lot of your backstory before uh, Red Hill. So, like, a, you got to Y and Net, where you just kind of putting applications throughout Illinois and Indiana, looking for you know that first head coaching job. Because I mean, Y and Net's like you know that's you know way up in northwestern Illinois, I believe. Um, yeah, it's now it's now Bureau Valley. Uh, pretty good, pretty good sports athletic uh, teams up there. Yeah, uh, they they co opt I think three small schools. And uh, we still have some fights up there. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I did there, uh, uh, Chipper. I, I I just just applied. To probably I probably applied to somewhere between ten and fifteen places. Oh, wow. I actually I actually had been offered a job. I even uh, interviewed and was offered the, the Palestine head football. Really? They wanted oh, wow. me to, yeah, they wanted me to be head basketball too. Uh, they didn't know. I didn't know you very well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Well, it wasn't the fact I didn't I, I didn't know anything about the basketball. It was just the fact that I knew that my first job was to build a football program there, and that was going to be tough enough, let alone basketball. And then also was offered a job up around uh, Attica, and uh, but it was I never I never saw eye to eye with the school board from the time I was in there for an hour and a half to when I left. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, uh, you know, I, I I probably went through three or four interviews. I can't remember. I think up there, Chip, there was a small school. I even went for an interview there. I, I told my wife, I said, I, I don't know about this. I said, uh, I don't think they're interested in their athletic program. I, I, it, the names got away from me. But anyway, uh, back to uh, YMAD, um it was really just such a small community. Just everybody got along and everybody did everything together. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Like following because I've Bureau Valley's had great basketball programs through the years. I know. I mean, I know it's just a sports crazy community up there. So I'm sure um, Ynet had a great fan support. Small school. Yeah, but. actually, actually, in that Indian Valley Conference up there, uh, there have been I think, Chipper, uh, you could probably do research on this. But between five or seven of the coaches from that conference are currently in the Hall of Fame, and uh, wow. and actually three of them. At one time or another, I think we're at Wyanet. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you were there for four years, and then how do you find out about Red Hill? I mean, back then there's no internet. You is there a publication <laughs> that comes out that says, yeah. "Hey, this yeah, little school's yeah. looking for a coach." Yes, Indiana State. Uh, all the all the schools always send out information on where there's opening. Okay. And and a lot of times, what it has to deal with is what can you teach. And, uh, you know, I, I can teach in the state of Illinois. I can teach 11 different subjects. Oh, wow. Uh, I, instead of getting a, ma- a master's uh, and going on to principal's license, I just professionalized a lot of different areas in yeah. my master's degree, gotcha. which I don't know. To, to this day, I'm not sure that was the right thing to do. But I never had any ideas or goals to become a principal. But uh, anyway, um, 
you know, they sent it out. There, there, sometimes it was between 25 and 50 a week that would come out of teaching and coaching openings. Okay. So he just kind of had to look around. Yeah. You know? So, and so it was closer, closer to Terre Haute. You know, gotcha. Little. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Well, so I get, I love minutia type stories and, and how it all works. So you contact Red Hill. Do you hear back from Harry Rice, the principal? I know John Baker, Gene Moore were, were superintendent. Who, who do you hear from? Do you remember? I, yeah, it was uh, Mr. Baker and uh, Harry were uh, had contacted me and said, uh, we would like you to meet the board. Uh, I'd already driven down from Wyandotte. That's probably a good four, almost five-hour drive. Yeah. I'd already driven down once and uh, had met everybody. And uh, and then they called me again and, and knew how far it was and everything and said, we had narrowed it down to three people and uh, and you're our leading candidate. Would you come back down and, and meet with the board? Mm-hmm. And I met with the board and then I went out and sat in that little lobby there, yeah. superintendent's area. Was it, and was Mike, it th- Mike th- Ray was there. Were they in the new building at that time there on Judy Avenue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was sitting there and Mike Ray was there talking to him. He says, Bill, I don't know if you know it, but you're their top candidate. Uh, and I've read the resume, blah, blah, blah. And he said, I think you should take the job. I think it'll be an uphill battle, but I'll be there to help you, which he was the first year. Yeah. And, uh, and but um, I, I left and drove back. And of course, there's no cell phones or anything. You right. just have to wait till you get back to. I said, I, I think I'm going to take it. The money was great, but, uh, you know, and they want me to do uh, be assistant basketball and, and possibly hit baseball, blah, blah, blah. And I said, that kind of will make up for stuff. But anyway, yeah, uh, that's how I ended up there. Wow. So, you know, so you, you get, you get the job. How long did, what's your, are, where, are we at the beginning of the spring or, or where are we at now? Like how long do you have for now? I got to pack everything up with Kathy and we've got to head South. How long did you have to, cause I know you want to probably get started with the team at least a little bit. Yeah. I, um, we got back and then they sent the contract and they signed and sent back and, I came back down and I met with, uh, we had what was called back then, you know, we had the football call outs. Right. Uh, so I had a, the football call outs and Coach Gaither was giving me a hard time. He said I had on pink pants and some purple <laughs> shirt and something else. I don't, I don't think so. They might have been yellow, but they, they weren't purple. Anyway, uh, we had a football call out and uh, Harry took me around and I had like 127 guys show up. Really? And I'm thinking, Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> because there was, I think I counted in, on that, on the 92 team, or I'm sorry, the 82 team, right? 82, yeah. uh-huh. 82 team under the last year under coach Huff. I think there was 20 varsity players. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, that was Potsy's group. And so yeah. I, those guys, um, you know, I, I, you know, I had them fill out a piece of paper and blah, blah, blah. And I went to the gym I met Jimmy Medlin, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Jimmy was was a great kid, and, and but he was one of the top football players. And he said, "Half those kids are a bunch of pussies; they'll never show up." <laughs> and blah blah blah. And they didn't. Well, and on the first day of meeting for not practice but summer workouts and stuff, I think I had twelve when our weight room was where the concession stand is for <laughs> basketball. I'm so glad you. That was one thing I was going to bring up. Yeah, and you know I. 
I thought, well, we had a universal thing, and I don't know what else. I can't remember. Yeah, there was we like four, bikes. maybe four pieces of equipment at mo- at most in there. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and and I think we had like my wife. We were we were uh, we had found a place to uh, stay. Uh, uh, I think we had yeah yeah you live yeah kind of out there toward waco yeah yeah um yeah knob hill is it yeah there you go knob hill yeah okay well anyway and um we i traveled back before and i went back and she said well how do you make something i said oh yes i think 12 kids here i said uh, six of them did something the other six just walked around checking me out (laughs) but anyway well you're probably uh, still wearing those pink pants (laughs) well anyway um we we uh, I ended up I don't know uh, G Man or I don't I don't I, I think we ended up with started with like twenty seven and ended with twenty three or something yeah but anyway out of one hundred twenty five it showed up there. and of course I knew a lot of them were going to be there but I thought you know turn this over new program new new leave coach Huff great old guy been there a long time and, and maybe it was time for a change and, and maybe they were interested in doing so well. Anyway, we plugged away. We uh, we had some great big linemen. I thought, man, this is great. We're just going to run the ball. Yeah. And we our linemen weren't very experienced, and uh, I found out real quick that you take a one eighty five pound guy and put him over a two twenty five. The one eighty five. Well, you so found, we were, we you were found out nine. that you found that out a few times. I know that. Well, yeah, I did. You know, um, I, you, I, go ahead. Well, you know the. the Kids, the kids I had were good kids. I mean, uh, they 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 just they just didn't really have a lot of fundamentals to them, and so right, it, you know, there's some of those kids. Well, a couple of them, I think, went on to play some college ball, but they just uh, they you know they just didn't. Well, they didn't have anybody to practice against in practice. They didn't right. have anybody, to, you know. So it was. You know, you're going against dummies all the time, and then you play on Friday night at a whole different ball. Yeah, well, I, and and that would have been. Let's see, that was my eighth grade year, so I was I was you know wasn't just chasing girls. I was watching the games a little bit, but I do remember that probably what helped you stay at somewhat competitive. Deb Parrott came out, and I remember Deb hadn't played since since uh, junior league football, and and he ran the ball for you and and did pretty well. So. And tell me if I'm wrong. I may be over dramatizing this a little bit, but you got a kid out that hadn't played any football since he was probably 12 or 13, had some success. That had to change the the mindset a little bit. And and as you then the numbers started growing just a little bit. Yeah, they did. Uh, there were a couple of years there where we got in the high 30s. Yeah. And my first four or five years. Yeah, uh, Deb was basically uh, our offensive weapon. Uh, uh, you know, it's a shame he hadn't played his other uh, three years because he would have been a dandy. There's no doubt about it. And I guess, uh, I guess for the younger listeners, we have to say Deb Parrott Senior. Yeah, Deb Parrott <laughs> Senior. Because, yeah, I've gone through my two generations. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, uh, they have uh, they the kids the kids stuck together. I mean, we didn't really have an attendance problem at. Uh, at, uh, we'd always had a tennis problem about the first three or four years, five years maybe, in the weight room. I couldn't. It was the hardest thing. One of the hardest things to do was convince those kids that we needed weight room. But they eventually found that out. Uh, but was they showed up for practice, and you know, like I said, I, uh, it was a, uh, it was kind of a situation where you know I didn't want to run anybody off, and right. uh, I didn't want to be too hard on them. 
but uh, you know, we showed up and we played and we took our lumps and uh, you know, and, and the rest is history on that part. Yeah, and and as I, you know, we were doing a little bit of research here to get ready. Um, you did take the baseball job your first year, and one thing I noticed that kind of jumped out at me: you um, in year one, you must have been on old uniforms because you were wearing number fifty-three and not your customary seven. Yeah. Yeah, those things, I think, uh, came over on the Mayflower. Uh, <laughs> they were, I think, they were wool, too. Yeah, oh, my. Oh, you know, but and, but back back to something that you said, because I, I, I do want to touch on that real quick. We had touched on the, that weight equipment being in the locker room, and that's or in the concession stand. That's something I had... I had noted you really introduced weight training and, and a little more physical fitness to the program that w- was pretty non-existent. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, they <laughs> they had the universal, and, and some of those kids. Uh, I remember uh, Stevie Shawstall. He was a he was a lifter. Jerry Worth was a lifter. I didn't have any problem with certain guys, and I don't want to start mentioning names without getting into but you know. They they came in to work out mainly for their bodies, not necessarily for football. But yeah, the weight room. Uh, I had some points of interest in turning around the program. That was one of them. Was getting the weight program started. Well, baseball is, was always my first love. Uh, I I when I graduated from high school, I was five foot eight, one hundred twenty seven pounds. Gotcha. I played football. I played all four years, but I uh, until I. I uh, ran it, had a run in with the coach, believe it or not, and I quit after the fourth or fifth game of my senior year. That's another story. I was playing in a rock and roll band too, and the excels. So on and so on. Yeah, the excels. <laughs> you don't <laughs> so know. Anyway, you do not have any idea how hard I searched for some of Excel's music, and I could not find any. Uh, you go on YouTube, and they'll have our psych- psychedelic song, which was a B side. Which we never even wanted to play. We never even wanted to bring it out, and it became the hit. Uh, and and uh, but yeah, you go on YouTube; it's on there in the Excel. I, I must have because I found some Excels, but it was more of uh, it was more of a, go like to a Garage 60s. Band. Okay, go to Garage Band. Well, don't think it's not going to happen. All right, sure. <laughs> but anyway, it was baseball. I started all four years. And, it, you know, I was pretty good at it. I thought maybe I could walk on it. I issue, I don't know. But anyway, um, baseball, we were, it should be, all sports should be fun, but baseball was always fun to me. I mean, it was, it was good to get out there, crack up, you know. Yeah. You're not, and you, when you're in the huddle in football, you're not out there saying, hey, you know, you may do a little grab butt here and there, but yeah, baseball, you're out there throwing gum and throwing dirty players, mm-hmm. running bases. Yeah. You know, it's just a lot of fun. Right. Right. I, I contribute our baseball success to number one guy is Todd Gray. I mean, that guy has forgotten more baseball than the people in Bridgeport know. Yeah. And and Todd Todd when Todd came on board, we just really you know jumped on the, the fundamentals that uh, he brought with him and everything like that. Uh, I'm telling you, it it was it, was, it made my job so much easier. Yeah. Uh, the uh, and Coach Gaither helped out a lot too with some of the our regional teams and leading up to those championships. But, uh, like I said, baseball, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, my real hero there in baseball, of course, was my wife. She raised all the money, Kathy, to build that tank farm up to something other than a pit of playing in, which was embarrassing totally to play at. That yeah. lift behind shortstop was just 
outrageous. Oh, it's crazy. Cool. <laughs> it was it was cool. almost the, the the infield was becoming the outfield. Yeah, yeah, and it did. And uh, you know, uh, with Kevy raising all that money and, and getting the support from the community to help over thirty thousand, adding new dugouts, lights, sod, infield, etc., and so on. You know, uh, and then they turn around and build a softball complex. Yeah. It was really nice. I have not been there in a number of years. I've heard it's kind of run down a little bit. It is a little bit. I may, yeah. I may be I may be wrong, but the concession stand, restrooms, and et cetera, you know, that all, that all goes to her. She did a great job there. And uh, but, but baseball, you guys just you guys just you know just plugged away and had fun. Yeah. And and you always just kept. You know, kept things light footed, so to say, and, and and everything just kind of rolled into place. I don't know, Coach. Do you happen to know what your career baseball record was as a coach? You know, I don't. Um, you had, I mean, I know the years that I was there. Then obviously Gary's years, and then you know you go through Brandon and all the. Well, we had some good teams, some really really good teams, and some really really good players. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, uh, I, I mean, you know, obviously it's a team sport, but, uh, you know, there were a lot of teams that we didn't have a weak spot in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you would have to, you know, I was, I, I don't know if most of you guys know it, but I was kind of with the coaches we had in baseball and football, I was kind of ABCD and we won't go into the others, but anyway, you know, we had, a lot of A players on teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, you may have a B player, but you'd have to talk about two or three to have a B player maybe. So, right. you know, I, I just think that, uh, yeah, and I did the same with football. I said, you know, sometimes they'd say, well, so-and-so out here at corner, and I'd say, well, he's a C player at best, but we haven't got anybody else. Right. You know, and, and so that's kind of the way I evaluated But you got to work, you know, you, you can't make chicken salad out of chicken. Well, you know what I mean? There you go. So you, you get, you get your, you get your what, cards dealt to you and you got to play with them. Yeah. That's just it. Well, and you know, your early years, I mean, you were, you had a couple of years there and then you were right into, and you know, and we'll go, we'll go back to football in a minute because you got your big turnaround coming, but Doug Grismer, you know, there we, you've had a, you had a lot of good players. Doug yeah. Grismer in your first couple of years was so – how good was he? Oh, my goodness, he was good. Oh, he was good. He was good. All three. If if you're going to rank your top uh, – you know, I've noticed on, on Chipper's website or whatever you call those yeah. things. I'm not very good at that. But it, it's phenomenal, Chipper. You're doing a great job. Well, thank you. It, it helps me bring back my memory, which is – you know, it's, it's going quickly. But anyway – that's why I say don't necessarily ask me records and don't necessarily ask me years or names necessarily because I probably won't won't be able to uh, answer them all. Well, that's that's the, our the job. Thing is, yeah, good, good. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I can't penalize you guys anymore. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, uh, what were we talking about? That's what I was saying. Uh, the, the Grismers, <laughs> just how you know. Doug. Oh yeah, Grismer, Doug Grismer, and Sean and Shannon and Shannon, yeah. Uh, they were all uh, all good, good, uh, good athletes. And uh, uh, Doug uh, played quarterback and, and played it as well as he could because he didn't have much protection. Yeah. Shannon was a great running back. He had some good good years. 
Sean wasn't necessarily into football. He played quarterback too, a hell of a catcher, hell of a hitter, yeah. baseball. All three of them were good in baseball. So if you're mentioning the fact of top athletes in, in your sights, you can't forget a, a, a Doug Grisman. No, uh, yeah, you're he, exactly he, right. he would rank right up there. And uh, a lot of people, of course, on the site are, are younger in the last, uh, you know, 30 years, but, but, uh, or 20. And, and, you know, they don't know the Grismers, but the, they were great. And every time I moved, they were always there with Jerry Burke helping me move <laughs> to Lawrence Lane, to, to Sumner, and then eventually there to 400 Fraser. I forgot, yeah. I forgot you lived in Sumner. But yeah. yeah, well, I tell you, not to get bogged down on this story. I don't know if you remember though. We were in, uh, we were had a doubleheader over in Flora, and Doug, who probably threw at at the least the low nineties when he let go of a fastball, and he hit a kid right in the mouth. And I remember I was playing second base my freshman year, and I walked up there, and there were teeth all over the batter's box. That yeah. guy start probably yeah. still having dental work done. You but, know, uh, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I do remember it now that you brought it up, but I, I had forgotten yeah. about it. And, uh, and I, another one, uh, Sean was catching for me in a doubleheader one day on a hotter than hell Saturday. And, uh, he took one off the end of the finger. And by the time I could get out there, yep, I, I, remember that. I said, don't, I said, don't look at it. He said, what's wrong with coach? What's wrong with it? I said, don't look at it. I'm holding his hand. And I got his bone in my hand, bone yep. in my hand. And he was done for the rest of the year. Uh. But, Anyway, those are some things that, uh, you know, you try not to you remember them, but you, you don't like them. Yeah. So, so we go now, you, you go into to the next year, 80, the 83 football season, and things kind of turned around. I remember, I don't know if you heard the little song that we did about kind of the history of Red Hill and touched on some things, but there was a sign over the road that said, we're contenders, not pretenders. That was the year that you started, started getting everything turned around. Well, a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I think it was the first thing was, uh, what did we do? We beat Fairfield that year. Beat Fairfield 20, uh, uh, 22-13. You got it. Uh, I'm glad you did. Um, anyway, that kind of, you know, they were they were big and pretty good, and, and uh, we got them. And then, yeah, what did we finish that year, four and five or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the biggie, five and four, I believe, right? Five, yeah. Uh, five and four. Five and four. Yeah, it was the first winning season since 1977. Yeah. Yep. Oh my. So you go oh to say you go to Salem in week two and you get that 13 to six win. Um, it was yeah. a win for me because I rode over there with two senior girls, and um, that's why I remember that way more than the victory. But <laughs> you did you did beat Salem <laughs> 13 to six. That that was a whopper for you. Yeah, that was a that was a game that kind of got the kids. Uh, thinking, you know, maybe maybe this guy might know what he's doing. You know, uh, that I remember that one. And, and Coach Stewart, of course, uh, he was a coach at Salem. And it was Buddy then, I think. Um, he, he couldn't believe it after the game was over. I mean, they, you know, Salem, remember, they always tried to intimidate you by marching out every kid on the team. Right, down the side right. Line. Yeah. And one, one game we were there. Jeff Lynn counted like 90 kids, and we had like 32 or something like that. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it's one of those deals where you're thinking David and Goliath. But, uh, yeah, we had some, you know, we had some big wins that year. So I, I think that kind of got the ball rolling, but we got a ways to go. Yeah. Well, and that's what you said in the yearbook, basically. We we, did, we had a great year, first win over Lawrenceville in 15 years. A lot, lot, yeah, of, that was, a lot of accomplishments. 
that was a famous uh, touchdown pass to change to that Atkins year. Uh, and I remember seeing that at the South End of the end zone. Yep. Yep, that was great. That was great. That was one of when I start you asking me about my key wins, that's going to be one of them. There you go. Well, we, you know, and you, and you mentioned preparation, and you brought preparation to the, you know, to the program. And your scouting reports were famous amongst uh, all of us players. And uh, I was always curious: Did you ever catch any hell from any of the other teachers at Red Hill? We would always have our scouting reports out in other classes. Did you ever yeah. catch any hell from everybody about that? <laughs> yeah, I did. I got I caught him all the way down the road because I was using too much paper. Uh, that's when I finally went in on. I, I finally went in on. I, I'd work on it on Saturday, or I'd even sometimes go home Friday nights and start putting the outline together. And then after film and stuff on Saturday and be in uh, JV practice, I'd go home and I'd sit down and and my wife would tell you that I just uh, I'd probably work till. It was beer time, which was about six o'clock, and then I, and then I'd get up on Sunday and I'd finish it, and I'd go. I'd usually at school about noon, and it took me about an hour, hour and a half to run it off and skate with. But yeah, I caught a lot of grief on that uh, both ways. Was that uh, Chipper asking a question? That was Gary here. Oh, Gary. Yeah, Gary, you and Brian sound too much alike. But anyway, um, it was, um, you know. I told you organization's key success. Uh, that uh, you, you know, you, you got to. I've worked for a lot of them. We'd always know when one was cheating on pass plays, run plays, and, and then the kids would get in the game and they draw the sidelines. I go, Coach, I can tell every time it's a run or a pass. I said, Well, that's why I put it in the sky report. You know, and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah, the, I got somebody to, uh, one time. I ran in Shane Pendleton one time. He said, Coach, I got every scouting report you ever did. Oh, wow. I, I said, well, you know, some people collect different things, Shane, but scouting reports? I, oh, I got them all. I got them all. But anyway, I've seen a few on the Chipper site. Yeah, I saw uh, one of the boys uh, posted one from the Villa Grove win in, uh, I think, 2010. Uh, but those were always classic with the nicknames for the other players and the other team and I remember a few. Yeah. I remember a few Friday nights when I was an adult trying to start putting those uh, scouting reports together at your house, and uh, those were uh, some uh, great memories <laughs> trying to do that. <laughs> well, you, you kind of get to, you kind of got, you kind of got to, got to socialize a little bit, and you got to work a little bit. That's why Todd. Uh, that's why Todd and Becky were very eager to be one of the sponsors for this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, your sponsors. It sounds great. I, you know, I think. Uh, I think that you guys, uh, Brian, and you guys have just uh, just taken this thing off to the, to the races, baby. And uh, and I'd like to thank your sponsors for putting up with us. Yeah, there you go. Well, I think we'll have a lot of fun. So, so you know, not to gloss over some of the years, but um, eighty four. You know, really, my generation, eighty four, eighty five, eighty six. Um, football was what was our what was our record in eighty four. Four, four, and five. Yeah, Chip okay. just Chip just confirmed it. You, you got off to a good start, and then things kind of kind of got a little loose toward the end. Because uh, had a real yeah. had a real playoff chance, but then kind of salvaged the season with the like you said with that Brett run and and the win over over uh, Lawrenceville. Uh, Mook's getting uh-huh. a, Mook's getting a beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for him. <laughs> so, um, but you know. So during my years, I mean, football was, yeah, you know, we did, I, th- I think our best shot was, was our 86 season, my senior year. And then Shannon breaks his leg 
in in the preseason and that kind of that kind of when you when you have to put me in in as running back instead of Shannon Grismer, we're probably in trouble. And uh, we were, <laughs> but we did have some great baseball teams. Matter of fact, I think it, it, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure three out of the four years we lost in the in the regional final. Um, do yeah. you do you have any many memories with those you know those those baseball teams with Shannon and and of course we had good, just good pitchers. Shannon Bobby York was left handed and. In the my yeah. senior year, Stacy threw and, and Stacy Moore and and do you do you have many memories about those baseball teams? Well, I got one. Do you, do you remember Flora? And uh, you remember Wichita State? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I remember that was the day after prom. There was mm-hmm. a lot of people on the team not feeling great, but yes, but um, I do. I absolutely remember that. Ike Baldwin was playing first base. First base. Yep, Shannon was pitching. I, I, Shannon was pitching. We had practiced it and practiced it and practiced it. Yep. Didn't use, hadn't used it, but it was time to come. And, I, you know, we even practiced in the dugout. Cheering. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Which, which sold it. I mean, that really oh. sold it. And it was one of the classics. So and let me just it, it, let me just explain it a little bit. And you, so what the play was, was, of course, the pitcher was the key. Shannon had to not step on the rubber. The right. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't be on the rubber. And he was so he was kind of walking around like he was almost rubbing down the baseball. Height was 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 covering first, and and the kid was kind of. I mean, it was almost like they were in on it. The kid led off in a weird time, and it just worked out perfectly. So Shannon turns around and real fast, you know, fake throws the ball. Height dives the and the dugout played it perfectly. Started screaming, "The ball gets over there! It's over there! It's over there!" And the kid looks around and he takes off to second. But I tell you, of all the plays I made or didn't make in my high school career, that little toss from Shannon from the pitcher's mound to me on second base, I was so afraid I was going to drop that because it worked so perfectly. But yeah. uh, so anyway, and so it, go ahead. That was uh, that was that was that was just one of them. I mean, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I another one was when uh, we we're talking a bad one was when Darby got hit with that at shortstop, and by the time I got out of the dugout to get to him. His eye was closed over uh, his face. He looked like a monster. I just kind of remember some of those trivial things. Yeah, you know. Well, they stand yeah. out. We were talking. You know, about, the, we were talking about that play on the on the Facebook page, and I think Eric Holtz or someone mentioned that you know Darby was so tough. I don't think he even probably missed much of anything during that after he got. Uh, I know his eye never was cried. gigantic. Never cried. Mm. He, that kid was so tough. I'll tell you what, uh, it, it was unbelievable. And of course, he had to leave, and we lost him for a couple games. But he was back. And anyway, that there were some, uh, you know, some interesting things in baseball. Uh, I know you guys have all talked about the pinch hitting shoulders in the regional game. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't realize he hadn't batted. I, I didn't know that. Uh, I could remember. I think he had two sure at bats. Two at bats the oh, entire year. Say, yeah. Oh wow. Surely he batted sometime. <laughs> It's a guy in there the first time. But anyway, I guess I almost did. But that, that was something, you know, uh, there, there, was, there was some things that, uh, you know, I had that, that loss to Carmine where they brought a G-man to death. Uh, and we were, we were so frustrated. Hell, we could have thrown the ball to the catcher each time and maybe got somebody else. Gary probably so would. I think, what did you strike out? The six out of the first eight guys or something crazy, and then they just started laying down bunts, and we we yeah, couldn't feel, I, I, hey, we couldn't feel they weren't, they weren't going to beat him. 
They yeah. weren't. They no. knew they weren't going to be. I kind of. I kind of got to help coach that game. Uh, that, that was something I was going to talk about in a football game too. Well, not that I didn't just want, but uh, uh, definitely remember. But anyway, uh, it was just I, I just couldn't. Believe. And some of them weren't even good bunch. I mean, we just, yeah. we're just like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Right. We covered that in the gym. We covered it on the diamond. You know, 13, 135. Right. Yeah. That, hell, it just, just got us all frustrated. Yeah. And anyway, they, and, they were, and they were good bunts. I mean, you know, they oh, were they were yeah. getting down. They weren't going to hit you. Yeah. They weren't going to hit you. You were standing at people. Hell, that coach got smart. Of course, yeah. the, I remember the grass being high, too. Right. Gary should have a lot of work. Gary should have did like Doug Grismer did that kid in Florida and just knock out all his teeth and maybe they'd quit squaring around. I think I had him throw at him a couple <laughs> times. I'd like to go back to that 1991 baseball team. I had posted on that page that that's probably the best baseball team I ever played on, I believe. With uh, you, know, you had Brandon Smith, Gene Allen, Darby Wagner, Eric Holtz. Um, my case came off the bench to, to pitch a little bit. You had Stevens and Waller and Holfacker, and I mean, just the team was loaded, and there was guys on the bench that could have started for any other team, and um, uh-huh. and I don't remember too many like memorable games or great comebacks, but I just know that team was really, really good. That beat all need to win the regional, our first regional in the school's history at that point, and yeah. uh, you know that was a really special team. And Brandon struggled with his back all year, and he was able to come back and pitch. We yeah. went down to Wolf Lake, and we lost that one to a really. I think a kid went to SIU oh, that beat yeah. us that day. Yeah, yeah, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Um, we had a couple chances to get him on the ropes, but we didn't. We didn't finish the job. That uh, well, you remember when I was talking about A, B, and C and D players? We were a bunch of A's there. Yeah, it was a, a bunch of A's team. team. You know, that's one of the, the beauty of this podcast is we can we, we, we plan on doing deep dives. I told matter of fact, I told Chip I can do a whole show on just the the custodians that swept the floors between the J V and varsity basketball games when I was a kid. So we'll we're, we'll definitely dive into some of those games and I and I want to dive into the one that Derek Sutton from Mount Carmel took that ball off the grass because we were we were headed to the regional and maybe maybe beyond. So um yeah. I don't know. Lots of good baseball teams, but uh, back to football. It all came together in in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, um, I think what we what were we two and seven the year before? Yeah, we're two and seven like the year before. And did Pimbleton did he get hurt in the first game of the year that eighty seven season? Was that did he uh, go down first? Who was that? Did Shane Pimbleton did he go down? Did he get hurt that first game? I think in eighty seven. Uh, yeah, I think it was. It was. It was close to that. Uh, uh, I remember seeing his, that picture on their podcast or whatever you call it. Uh, they, they, he was there with the other captains from the area. Right. Yeah. Uh, he, um, he, uh, uh, I think he, he, he struggled. Didn't he keep playing though? Yeah, I, can't I, I, just I, knew, I, I knew he didn't get a full season in there. because I, I think we had some high hopes to you know five, maybe six wins that year. So I know. Um, I think he kept him, playing, but he was he was banged up. Yeah, I think that's yeah. What, that I, I think so because uh, I know he didn't he wouldn't play all the downs on defense, especially because uh, he just you know he's too much hitting on him. And uh, but yeah, when eighty eight rolled around, I mean, you know that picture with the thirteen seniors, uh, you know that's that's a mess. That's why I. I uh, text Billy last night or whatever and said, Billy, do we have a senior picture of 96? Because I was wanting to, so I, I got some of that stuff. We moved from Bridgeport back to Terre Haute. 
I I got I got some of that stuff stored. I gave away a lot of it, et cetera, and so on. Um, and I got some still stored in my garage, but um, I I don't I don't remember a picture of seniors, but maybe. But that that, that eighty eight, you know, you get thirteen seniors on the team, and I think I counted the, uh, yesterday. I think ten of them started, and uh, you know, <laughs> you got to expect good things as long as you stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, they had, and they, they uh, and those guys had great haircuts. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they uh, I, I used to have mine. I think the longest it ever got was maybe what Mike Gray had on his <laughs> You but, know, uh, my hair was so curly, I I couldn't grow it long. It just curled up. You know, before I think Chip's pulling up the games and we'll probably, I don't know if we'll go game by game here in 88 since that was such a just monumental season for you. But I just wanted to, can you touch on, I've always kind of felt like, and and I might be missing somebody, but I don't think I am. There, I, there was almost a lineage from when you started down to that 88 team. And I say it's Jimmy Medlin, Shane Pimbleton, Jimmy Worth. Those three guys were so similar in their, in just the way they played the game, just tenacious can you just yeah. comment on that? Well, you know, um, Red Hills had some great linebackers. Um, I'm sure other schools have too, but we were kind of built around the linebacking crew. Coach Lyles, he, uh, you know, you got to put your toughest studs there, and, and uh, they, they, those, you can't have anybody that's got any fear in them at all, right there. They just got to be nuts. Right. And those guys, those guys were good nuts i mean they they not weren't afraid of anything take on anything etc and so on and I, you know those those three and several that we'll probably talk about before we're done right were just animals I rem- and that's where you got to have them i remember down in fairfield so it must have been it was i guess probably my freshman year um i remember jimmy just decked someone or or someone decked someone and i remember i was standing right by his dad and he said well i don't know who hit him but i sure as hell know who told him about it <laughs> Cause, yeah because jimmy wasn't afraid to tell you about it for sure no no although he's hell in school he wouldn't say a word yeah he's quiet as heck chip you yeah got- that was a good start on linebackers i mean we run a group of linebackers i say you start mentioning names i'm sure you We'd upset somebody when I mentioned them, but uh, you know they were. They, we've had a, we've had a shit lot good luck. Those crews. Yeah, that's for sure. Chip, you you've got the year, the week by week kind of. Let's just start down that path. Yeah. So we um, that was the year we got Casey Westfield on the schedule, and um, I I remember from that game watching it as a fan that I know I think and I actually I went back and read an article too. But um, so we we got the ball first that game and three and out and we punted and. I know Casey ran back the punt for a touchdown. We went down 6-0 and ended up winning that game 21-6. to So that was the start of the season. So I know I kind of gave away the key <laughs> the, the, the key happening from that game. But so that was a – you know, that's a big – you know, that's a powerhouse, a team that, you know, three years yeah. before that won the state championship. Oh, wow. Um, right. So, so, yeah, that was the start of the season. So you just want to go with that and um, – big, big – Coming off a two and seven win, I mean that's a huge win to yeah, start the for season. Sure. Two, two and yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, uh, the, the coaching staff, uh, I believe it was Coach Kendall. Was it? who was it? It was with me. No, uh, Coach Kendall like, was earlier. Yeah, yeah Coach Kendall and um, and 
Looks like Chris Goff was on the staff with you. Yeah, yeah. Really? Chris, uh, yeah. Uh, we only had three, so count myself. And and although we kind of brought these these players along, they a lot of them had played since they were sophomores. And uh, and they should have been playing, by the way. Well, they, and, had, they and, had to. My teams weren't worth a shit. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's just when you're that young, though, you can't expect them to be like they were in 88. But yeah. they took their lumps and they took advantage of it when they had the opportunity. I don't know. You know, that, that, that season, that season was, uh, was, was great as far as, as you know, you, Chipper, Chipper would have to give me the game rundown because I, I don't even remember our schedule then. Yeah, I've got I, it right I, I remember for, the Casey. So we got the Casey win, <laughs> and, then, um, and then we uh, play Salem, and that would have been a – believe a home game that year so um and we, we beat salem 26 14 so now we're two and oh um things are getting pretty exciting around bridgeport that time <laughs> yeah and then well then we go down to mount carmel for their homecoming the next week and um of course yeah so 95 degrees probably yeah and so lost that one 39 to 8 so um that was our only regular season loss that year and then um and if you want to start, you that know. was that was that the game. Um, the two Mount Carmel kids got killed in a car accident. No, that would no. have been that was back like eighty three, eighty four, somewhere around there. Yeah, that I was, thought so. Because, that was a little earlier. Because the Chicago Tribune they called me, and here I am. Yeah, you had your night. Because they called me down here at Red Hill. Are you going to play the game? I said, Well, you're talking to the wrong people. It's their game. Blah blah blah. Well, what do you think? Do you think he should play the game? I said I'm not making those comments. Here I am. Right. You know, second second year, I believe. You know, he they could have beat us like sixty to eight. They, didn't they, they stop? They, didn't they stop on the kids? Yeah, they number. ran out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, they stopped on the kids' number. Anyway, back to eighty-eight. So yeah, so thirty-nine-eight loss there. So you're you're two and one now, and then. Obviously, we're going to win the rest of the games here. So I'll just kind of run through the games. If you want to stop, if you have any thoughts or anything, feel free to. Um, I'll get right. through the regular season here. So uh, then we go down to Carmine and win twenty-four to six, and then Fairfield uh, forty to thirteen win. Um, Alney a hard-fought thirty-one to twenty-six victory, and then we uh, shut out Flora fourteen to zero, beat Oblong forty-two to fourteen. And then huge uh, regular season win against the county rivals Lawrenceville, a thirty-eight to nothing win over Lawrenceville to wrap up an eight and one regular season. And then the game. Well, coach, let me, I yeah. want to before we even get to that game. I'm really the way the playoffs were set up back then. You had to play on Friday night, beat Lawrenceville, and then come back and prepare for a Wednesday night first round playoff game. Is that right? I didn't know. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So like yeah. do you remember the preparation? How did you guys trade still trade tapes on Saturday? How how do you go about preparing? And now obviously we beat them hand, you know fairly handily in the week one of the season. So but do you remember how that how that went with the preparation going into just having a couple days? Um it was very tough. The state finally made great decisions back then to move it from week to week but yeah it was very tough uh fortunately we had you know they were going to give us week nine we were going to give them week nine we each had week one so that we felt like we try i think we traded game five or whatever game one of the other ones 
I think we each had three films on each other. Unless somebody, some other coach from the conference said, hey, here's one on radio. Whatever. Um, but basically, it was, it was tremendously tough. And uh, it was even tougher to turn around and then play Saturday. Right. I mean, that's almost uh, impossible. You so, look, uh, so you went Friday, Wednesday, Saturday? Yeah. Wow. Right. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Huh. And uh, we, uh, we, uh, you know, we had a lot of starters going both ways. Sure. I, I'm sure some other teams did too, but it really weighed on us. Uh, but we, uh, we, uh, uh, in the playoffs, of course, almost everybody remembers that when, uh, the three overtime victory. Uh, that was uh, something else. I mean, uh, yeah. So it was zero zero at the end of regulation. Um, right. So we're playing Casey Westfield again, the team that we we uh, defeated twenty one to six week one of the regular season. So we're back with Casey again. We've got the win over them, but like I said earlier, we're playing a. You know, it's our first time in school history in the playoffs against a seasoned playoff program. Like I said, a few years earlier, it won a state championship. Um, so. Um, I'm sure they're coming in with a lot of confidence even after um, the early season defeat. So, um, so yeah, it was 0-0 through regulation. And so uh, if you just want to take us through overtime, the three overtime periods, anything you remember from that. I don't have well, an article with me from Reverend Ambrose on that one, but uh, so you take us through that. Well, we, you know, we, we went to scoring on each other and, uh, and uh, they started picking on Stacy in the secondary. Stacy actually had great coverage on, well, one of the plays, not bad on the other, and it, you know, it tied it tied it up. Each time we got the lead, and they got down to like a third or fourth down, and they threw the pass back to the end zone. Which every time it looked from our sidelines, like he was underneath the scoreboard, but you know there was an official there. So anyway, but Stacy got revenge, and uh, they finally ran their star running back with that open on his name. We were head, headed for that northeast corner, and Stacy. I still see him coming out of his face. He's going to crawl out of him at that one yard line. Yeah, I can see and, it too. And uh, we, we, can come, we, we come back, we come out with a victory. And uh, I'm already thinking about who we're playing next because of the turnaround. It was obviously the first one in uh, playoff history. Yeah. Still to death. But the thing is, it was one of my one of my top games, you know. But um, it, 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 it just never ends. And that's, that's something we'll talk about later. But, you know, you got to turn around and play on a, win- uh, on a Saturday, and I'm driving the, the Timbuktu on, on uh, Thursday, Thursday night, and talking to a couple other co- coaches on phones and stuff, trying to get ready to play the next game, which which was just uh, just a nightmare because you remember that one, how cold it was. Yeah. And I was so stupid to wear shorts, and uh, <laughs> I, never, I never mentally was in that game. Uh, but... Uh, you know, I would I would venture to say checked me only once, but uh, in that second playoff game uh, against Carlisle, who eventually won the state, um, if we had played them under normal conditions, I think that I think that the results would have been different. I really did. Yeah, I think. So. I mean, um, I think I've heard somebody say I, I I may have this wrong, but you know, they felt like you were their toughest opponent on the way to the state championship to get to. It's back when they played in at ISU the state title, but to get to that state title game, I mean, you were the you know the biggest hurdle to get over. The Salukis were yeah, uh, we we were we were uh, we had a lot more skills than they did as far as uh, as passing and running, and uh, I think we were deeper. It's just that 
you know, that they, now you go by there and it's all boxed in. Hell, they never get any wind coming off that point field. But, yeah. And here we are out there, and our locker room is about two miles away. And your trees going over, your trees going back. And by the time you got got there at halftime, you had to turn around and come back. It was just unreal. You know, I'm not trying to make excuses why we lost. They were a good football team. But like I said, I would have loved to play them on a Friday night. Yeah. With and more than two days of you know rest and prep. I mean, I know yeah. it was, I know it was the same for them too. I don't know, but I don't think they came off a triple overtime game in, on Wednesday night either. So having a little more preparation would have been nice too for that. Exactly, to that's, that's a very, that's a very good point. We had it tougher the first game that they did. That's for sure, Coach. You know why we're on eighty eight? I I just we all love Brandon so much, and he hadn't played football since junior league right he came out to play fullback that year he played his he played his freshman sophomore year yeah oh he so, did play, play both yeah right? we didn't we didn't have junior league my eighth grade year they okay. can't or brandon's eight, I, I was in the same for those listeners out there i was in the same class as brandon so yeah eighth grade we can't we did not have junior league football that year yeah, so 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 brandon came in and it just he, he really clogged up the middle at fullback and it did a great job on that and and then you know lance at tight end was just huge for you yeah yeah, all of them, you know, like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to get in to mention their names on that team because without one or two of them, you know, we wouldn't have been where we were. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, um, a lot of people want to compare the two teams, which I'm sure they're going to do. But uh, the 96 and the 88, but I'll talk a little bit about that later. But the, the, the 88 group was pretty special. Uh, we were pretty close. Uh, we joked around a lot. Uh, they, they weren't what I'd call real good practices. When you got Clifford York as your quarterback, you can understand why. Um, they were pranksters and stuff. And, uh, and But, you know, when it came time to play, they were, they were ready to go. And those guys were good. You know, they, they were that was a talented group. They helped us my senior year when they were sophomores in baseball. Uh, obviously, they had a lot of good years on the basketball court. Just a really, really good class and good people, but, um, but good athletes. Yeah. And, 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 and just look at it where they're at today. Exactly look at right. Those people. Yep. Exactly. You know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you love a bunch of people, uh, most of them went on, uh, a lot of them got education. Yep. Uh, they, uh, they're in the business world of one way or another. Uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, I, I run into stories all the time about what they're doing. And, uh, they, they I, I don't think any of them have been successful. Yeah, they're they're good. Just a good group of guys for sure. Yeah, they were. They were. Coach, that was uh, you know you don't like to talk about names. So that's something we all love to do over and over and over again. So you know you had Clifford York as the quarterback of that team, and he was able to kind of be the leader on the field for that offense. And of course, I think Mark Ambrose probably was the first thousand yard rusher that Red Hill probably ever had. I don't I don't have that. But I'm pretty confident he was the probably the first one. Wasn't there a pretty yeah. interesting uh, evening with Carmine that year? Yeah, the game I got kicked out. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I had a, a special needs kid. Nothing against special needs kids because I had, I've had mm, probably in thirty-eight years of coaching, I probably had at least a hundred. Uh, but he was the type of kid that couldn't control his emotions, and I still say to this day that a coach put him in there to run down him both and. Uh, we had that old railing around the school, around the football field, and we've been trying to take it down for 
ever since I got there, eight years, five years. And he deliberately, I still say to this day, hit him about the out-of-bounds line and just kept driving him right into that rail. Well, Rev goes nuts. I go nuts. I can still remember the offensive man, Bob Walker, from uh, uh, Crossville. Yep. He throws a flag on me, and I told him that was the best call he made all night. They threw a note. <laughs> so I was out of there. But anyway, uh, that was, yeah, that was ridiculous. And that could have really put us in a bind. I mean, not yeah. that Ambrose was a one-man team, but by God, he was he was part of the team, and, and uh, it was ridiculous what, what happened. And that, that's happened a lot of times in football games, you know, yeah. not just out of a special needs kid. This kid was probably trying his heart out, too. You know, but, but he hadn't played very much the whole game, and all of a sudden he's out there chasing. He's, you know, a couple times he's chasing chasing Ambrose around, and he didn't have a ball. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, uh, I mean, he's waiting for him to get it, so he just clobbered him down. Well, anyway. All right, so. That's 88 groupers, 88 groupers special. Yep. Yeah. So, obviously, you lost, you know, 13 seniors. Um now, we, we have some listener questions today, and so this kind of fit, and we'll ask some of them at the end, but we have one that fits in perfect here. So this is from one of your juniors on that 88 team, uh, Shane Brown. Um, he, and, you know, so after the 88 team, he decided to take a, take a break from coaching for a year. I mean, I don't think it was decided just a year, but at that time, he stepped down from coaching football and baseball um, that season, and Coach Bag, Bob Bag became in and um, took over for a year. So just kind of, Talk to us about um, the you know your reasoning behind stepping down for a season, and then your you know deciding to come back for in nineteen ninety after one, after one year out. So if you kind of want to take us through that, if you don't mind. Well, I'd be glad to. Um, after the season was over, you know, and we had a good year, and people were community was starting to get enthusiastic, and I thought we were at a corner. We were a long way still from the turn, but we were out at the corner. Um, I approached the school board, and I had—I didn't demand anything. I requested. Uh, the school board and I hadn't gotten along real well anyway. Now, who I'm contacted them? You or your agent? <laughs> uh, I was—I was both, and I was getting paid very little. Getting paid very little. First thing I wanted to do, I wanted to add another assistant. And uh, I, I thought I could come up with somebody or somebody in the community, et cetera, so on. The second thing was I did want a little more money. Particularly, uh, I didn't care if it was a $500 raise or whatever, just uh, some appreciation for the staff. And I, and I meant for staff, too. And the third thing was I wanted a little more money for our football program in general because it was lacking pretty well. Uh, thanks for coming in, Coach Evans. We'll get back with you. Yeah. Well, they never did. And this is the school, never get, this is the school board. Yeah. Okay. This is the school board. Yeah. They never got back with me for with anything. Now that story may be a little bit, you know, from what I remember, but I remember those things, not demanding them. So they came back to me and said, sorry, we can't we can't do it. And I said, Well, you know what? I don't think I can do much more here at Red Hill, and I just think I, I'll quit. So I quit. How old would you? How uh, old would you have been then, Coach? Well, 
Let's see. Chip, do the math real fast. Um, let's see. I got. This was. Eight. I'm not sure. Let's see. Late 30s. Late 30s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was in the 30s. So had, um, you, had you convinced yourself you were really done or, or just kind of, eh, I'll take a break. Um, I, I, I felt like I couldn't do any more. Right. Okay. And, and for the program, for the program overall, uh, there wasn't much more I could do outside of win a state championship. Um, you know, I, I just, I, we were at the opposite ends of the pole. So, um, and I, I have to, I've had run-ins with school boards before, not, you know, and some of them, you know, it's just been that way from day one coaching. But, but for whatever reason, they just said, I'm sorry, we'll just leave things alone. So I was unhappy with the way I was handled. It was handled. I was handled. Uh, so I told them I was stepping aside and they, and so they said, okay, somebody else. I said, okay. So in the meantime, they stuck me in. They, they tried to make my life visible. They stuck me in like study halls, couple classrooms and everything else. Mm. The reason I came back was twofold. Number one, at this time, the legislature and stuff said that the school, school could force any faculty member in, into any extracurricular activity they wanted to. So basically, right. after Bagby was there, and then he's leaving, um, they could make me coach. Well, now, that wasn't going to fit my right. cup of tea. I mean, why would you want to make somebody do something they don't want to do? So <clears throat> here I go back to the board again, and the principal, the superintendent, I talked some things over, and I didn't get any more money. Yeah. But they said we will look into this, and we'll look into that, and we'll see if we can make some compromises down the road. And if you don't do it, we can make you do it for a year. So how you want to do this? And I said, well, I don't want you to make me do it. I'll take it back. Right. And so that, that's, that's kind of the nutshell of, yeah. the, of, the, of the whole thing. Now, I'm sure there's some people out there that say, well, that's not quite how it happened. Well, that's how I remember it and how my family remembers it. Right. Um, you know, I, I, for some reason, and, and this is something I wanted to make sure we got out there, and I know we got a lot to go, but, you know, it was tough for my family, in my opinion, and my wife's opinion, my son's opinion, Scott and Ashley, my daughter, that we, a certain percentage of the communities the summer Bridgeport really never accepted us. We were outsiders that came in in 82. For the first 10 or 15 years, we were considered outsiders. You know, yeah. we weren't townies. We weren't townies. Uh, my wife uh, never really felt comfortable a number of years uh, for whatever reason. Now, yeah. we've got some great, we had some great families. We had sure. some great backers, you know. Uh, but the, you guys know, you guys played for You guys know how much work goes into this. Sure. Time and time and sacrifice. I was away from my, away from my family and baseball. I was doing basketball, doing baseball, football. And the years we put in doing this, and we just, I, I, I wasn't quite that in that same boat, but they, those three were. 
And my daughter's finding that out now. Ashley's a principal at Fountain Central High School, and now she's gone all the time. And uh, I'm saying, uh-huh. Remember uh-huh. when he used to tell Dad that he yeah. was never around and uh-huh. he couldn't do this, he couldn't do that? I said, yeah, yeah, don't throw stones at glass rooms. She, she's getting it back now. But anyway, uh, it, it, you know, there were a lot of good people there. Don't sure. get me wrong. Yeah, we got you. I'm not. I'm not trying to backstab anybody in this or something. I'm just saying that, uh, that we never felt like we were part of the community as a whole, and uh, and and it, that was kind of unfortunate. That wasn't a reason why we left. The reason why we left was to move back closer to our grandkids. Sure. So anyway, now enough of that. Now. I'm just a little bit more on the, one more question on that. So you take that year off in 89. Do you look at other school? Are you, cause you, you know, you're still in your third, you're a young coach still. Um, oh yeah. No. Are, are you I, looking at other schools, other coaching openings at that time or? Yes. Yeah. I, now I don't remember offhand where they were. I, I actually, to be honest with you, I was looking for pot. If, if it was possible to look up something that was uh, a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, more uh, a football school. I don't. I still didn't consider that Hill football school. Sure, long way to go. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I didn't look real hard. No, yeah. I mean, we were set there. We weren't going to move our kids at that point. Yeah, How, no, it was what? a good. It was a good place to bring our kids up. Scotty and Ashley would have been what middle school ish at that time. Yeah, or? yeah. 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 So and, and uh, you know it was just uh, it was just a uh, it's a deal where where um, you know we we just uh, if something great had come along I'm sure I would have interviewed at least but you know I, I we weren't really looking yeah you know I, I we'll stay in the weeds on this for just a minute because it's it is such an interesting scenario that with you being gone one year and still at the school coming back Bagby comes in does he how much does he consult with you during that year whether it be either sport or are are you Very involved little. is that okay that, that was my question Very. you which surprises me i guess a little that you know the players you've been there and and watched them grow up that's interesting you know i hated this i hated those people especially uh i think it was was that holtz's group Chip yeah, when he came here. back, it was my senior year. Yeah. G- we had Gino and Kelly Tidwell yeah. and those guys. Yeah. I, I felt I felt bad for some of you know those guys, but I also felt like I wasn't the, the program uh, wasn't being rewarded for how well they did. I'm not saying they had to have a, a banner put up or 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 a, a sign across Main State there. Uh, you know, football is great or whatever. I'm just saying I didn't think the appreciation was there, especially from the administrative part. Harry was always good to me. Harry and I had lots of running. Harry sold our house to us and sold our house when we moved. He, he became a real good friend. Right. Um, but not always there when I needed him. So anyway, um, you know, I went to, as long as I was there as a football coach, I went to gobs of principals and gobs of, superintendents yeah yeah after especially after harry you you had pretty you had stability for a long time and then then quite a bit of turnover yeah so anyway um that's uh i don't know so but but bagby didn't bagby didn't reach out to you much during during that that season 
No. Hmm. No. Um, no. Okay. No, so we're very tough. One more question, then, then we can get off of this. So what you said earlier really intrigued me. So Bagby's here. He's obviously really the new guy. Doesn't stick around. You come back in your old roles. Did it change at all, feeling more comfortable, feeling less like an outsider and more of an insider at that point? No. Okay. No, I just knew, like I said, some of those kids had played for me and didn't play for me, and now we're going to play for me again. Um, we just had to. We just had, I mean, what did we do? We went 0-9 or something like that. Yep. Um, and then, what, 1-8 and 8 or something. We had we had some work to do, but that's, those those kids stuck with it, and as a result of that, some of the things we got going in our favor, which I hope we get to, like junior pro and camps and stuff like that, they started. That's when I started to gain control of the junior pro program. Uh, yeah, because that's when those are, those kids that we, you know we'll get yeah, to the '96 key. team here in a little while, but that's when they would have been like you know fifth and sixth graders. So and that's when you really right. got involved with the junior pro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I finally took that program over. And I said, I want them doing what we're going to do at the high school. Enough of the uh, hamburger drills, and bowls in the ring, right? and tackling drills for a half hour. No, we're going to teach fundamental skills, offense, defensively. We're going to kick, you know, kick, uh, kick the ball, throw the ball. We're not going to work on just tackling and walking for an hour and a half and the whole practice is over. Yeah. So that uh, that's a part when we we talk you're talking about turning around a program, I think that's where it begins, at, uh, starting back up with ninety, and then working down to when we get to uh, ninety five. Interesting. Hey, I was golf coach for three years. We were seventeen one once. So, coach, uh, we we just took a little break, and glad to be back. Um, you you just taken over the junior league program and kind of started patterning patterning that after what you're doing at the varsity level. So we're really at this point starting to see the beginnings of that that entire program turnaround. Am I right? You know, it's it's been a it's a it was a long process. It it, it started somewhat in the eighties. When I first got there, the, the people, uh, Harry and company, they they said, uh, you know, we need to get some numbers out. We need to get some more kids out. Uh, uh, you know, but it was tough. We One year, we did. A couple of years, we were in the 20s, then we 30s. And then one year, we got up to 48. And everybody thought it was great just because we had 48. I think it was because those people had something to do. Go yeah. watch their son on Friday night. There you go. Um, but, you know, the problem still was in the 80s, even though we got uh, guys like Stacy and some of those receivers, the problem still was we weren't getting the skill kids out. Gotcha. The kids that played basketball, played baseball, ran track, et cetera, and so on. You know, one kid that uh, I, we've already talked some about, uh, Doug Grismer, we'll talk about a Brandon Smith later, and we'll talk about a uh, and Ambrose, we've talked about some, and you know, we talk about we get the next segment we do. We'll be able to we'll get to Billy Gray's years. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Matt Shear. Uh, yeah, Matt Shear, uh, one heck of an athlete. Uh, we'll probably third. we'll probably do an entire show on Matt Shear. 
<laughs> well, I tell you, he would have to be one of the kids if he had played uh, football. And, and when he was in junior pro, they went undefeated every year. I coached him in junior and, pro, yeah. Well, well, you would know. And and I mean, there was I watched that kid. He ran well. His records speak for himself. But anyway, getting back to the skill kids, um, we had to get the skill kids out. So somewhere along this line, I went during the summer, and I don't remember. Uh, G-Man, when did we start running and run and shoot? Well, that was actually going to be one of my questions I had, because I know in, uh, when you came back in 90, we were still in the I formation, similar offense that you ran with uh, the 88 team. We then moved to my junior year, uh, more of a the wishbone, and started putting. Uh-huh. And back then, we called it the was that came the run shoot. You call it the catfish. It was to, to basically yeah, the catfish. Yeah, two slot backs, the fullback, and the two wideouts. So we did just a little bit of that my junior year. Back to the pretty much the bone. Then so that was going to be one of my questions for you is that how that went and where we got the gangster uh, motion and the cowboy motions and. I don't know if that was a okay. U of I coaching clinic. That's something that maybe we can think about for that, our next time. I, I, that was probably some of those discussions with Harry Rice. He drew yeah. those up for coach. <laughs> no, no, I tell you what, I, that's where I was. That's, that's where I was going. My question was, how was I going to get the skill kids out? I mean, yeah. we were lining up in a wishbone, and we were, you know, thirty-six power, forty-five power. Here we go, uh, you know, cross buck. Here we go, uh, whatever. Sweep right, sweep left. Well, I got a book during that year. Uh, G man, I think it was '91. I got a book, and it was it was it's an old coach from the 1940s. I wish I could remember his name. I'd love to give him credit for it. Somehow, we'll definitely call you in and say, "Well, he got this." I got this book, and it was it's basically the run and shoot because Red Hill was running the run and shoot before anybody else within a 150 miles radius of Bridgeport, Illinois for at least five years. Yeah. Nobody was doing it. Now they've all done it and they've all got their different versions. So I didn't invent it. I stole it. Because football coaches are the best feelers in the world. Absolutely. So I get this book and I start, and I said, I didn't get the skill kids out. Well, the skill kids want to, they want to catch passes. They want to throw passes. They want to win this. They want to do that. They don't want to go back there in the backfield and get their heads knocked off. They want to run out there where it's free and open. So I ran up on it and, and put motion in it, put this stuff in, be fancy. So I worked on that, and we started putting it in, as Gary will allude to. Um, and we started getting them out. We started with Stacy, and we started getting more and more of the basketball players out, blah, 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 blah. And so that really helped. Then, along about that time, I was starting to gain control of the junior program, uh, junior pro football program. We... We, you know, we, they had some great parents that helped them pass, but the only problem was they weren't basically teaching the fundamentals of the, where the game was going. So when I got a hold of it and I got people, started getting people in there, ex-players, ex-fathers that I could trust, et cetera, and so on. They, this were, And Jerome Thacker, I'm telling you, Jerome Thacker is my right-hand man. He always has been. Ever since I've been to Bridgeport, uh, Jerome Thacker has, has done nothing that then my ace in the hole, anything I needed, whenever I needed it. He is, uh, it was the greatest thing that I ever had while I was in Bridgeport. You talk about and, a, somebody else that could lay down a bunt, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd, he'd do anything he wanted. Yeah. And Jerome and uh, 
And of course, Jerry Worth eventually helps out there. And then I started getting ex-players in these programs. But um, uh, Drum was the key there. And boy, he took off and it, it started making money and they had to start getting better equipment, blah, 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 blah. Then I started, which Clarence Reedy and I started one other time back in the 80s. We started a Lawrence County Junior Football Camp. Yeah. Well, it lasted about two years and it kind of petered out, so to say. And, and to make a long story short, it, it kind of died off and we were only getting 20 or 30 kids and it really wasn't paying for itself. So I, I think we even dropped it for a couple of years. I'm not sure, but we brought it back. And it took off. And before it was over with, uh, when I was leaving, before I left, uh, we were up to 60, 70, 80 kids a year, getting yeah. them from Lawrenceville, getting them from all over. Wow. So that was really a key part to our program, was getting those, those kids got involved. And yeah. they were teaching things that we wanted to be taught to carry on in high school. So they were getting that repetition over and over and over and over. And by the time we got them, we told them to do a button hook, they knew what the hell we were talking right. about. Yeah. Or if if we told them they were in the 5 hole, they knew what we were talking about. So anyway, that really helped. And, uh, you know, it, 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 we started throwing the football. Yeah. Coach, was yeah. What, just by chance, I did a quick Google search here. Was it possibly the run-and-shoot football offense of the future by Glenn Tiger Ellison? Does that sound yeah. familiar? Yeah. Yep. He's assistant That's football that. coach at Ohio State. Yeah, I got that book. It was it was an old copy too. I I found it. That I, I I don't even know. I know I don't know. The picture anyway, I'm seeing on Amazon. I mean, it looks like a, it's an older book, and then it looks like his his disciple was Mouse Davis, who yeah, ended up coaching at the Lions, that really introduced it to the to the NFL. And hell, they're doing it now in the NFL. It's yeah. not quite the same. They all get their little wrinkles in here and do this and that and the other. But we, you know, I I want to take credit for Red Hill. We were one of the first in Oakland, and all the other schools in the LIC and, and, and even in the AC towards the latter part of the 90s, we're, we're starting to do it because it just opens up your whole game, mm-hmm. spreads your defense out. Yep. And uh, so the junior pro camp took off, and it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed being with the kids, and uh, it, it, it was really great. So, you know, those those are some things I, I thought that in the 90s it took off and we had to do. and. And uh, as a result of that, we, we started witnessing more success. Yeah. I think that may lead us into um, the 1992 season, which I don't think we came into the season with much fanfare and probably picked to be probably next, the last or last in the conference. And we uh, had scheduled Palestine in week one that year. And, uh, you know, the first time we'd played them in some time, I believe. And came out week one, beat them like 49 to nothing and feeling good. And then, of course, week two comes, Salem comes to comes to Bridgeport to play, and they laid it on us pretty good. And it's like, well, it's same old, same old every every year, you know, or most years at least. And that, uh, you know, brings us into week three, which uh, was the famous Mount Carmel year every year. And I think that was the first year in several years that I'm not sure how much control you had over this. I think you probably had almost all the control that you said we weren't going to go down there anymore Saturday afternoons. Is that right? Right, right. I, I finally, I said it. I said it to the coaches at the end of every year. Said, you know, you guys bring us down there on our thirty-player team, and you guys around six or seventy guys at it, two platooning us and doing this, and doing that. And I said, we've seen enough of that stuff. 
Uh, we, we play some Thursday, play some Friday, but we don't play the Saturday stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah so I, I think they it, finally agreed. They they finally agreed, and Coach Hart's probably sad that we did. But uh, <laughs> I've talked to him several times since then. But anyway, you know, you're talking about that. You, you get me started really a long time on that NACLIC, which we obviously you got all these older guys, and I've seen them on Chipper's site. NEC this, NEC that. Well, you can take NEC and stick it because we had no business playing in that league. And I know they can talk 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. But uh, when you don't beat Lawrenceville for 17 years and you don't beat Mount Carmel for whatever else, uh, that should be something to tell people that, you know, we need to make a change. But we'll talk about that someone else. Yeah, that, Back to 92. Yeah. Slim comes home. That's right. So, I mean, I think for, for most people that uh... – have been on the site recently. The story's been told a couple times, but uh, the late Joe Jones would write an article every Thursday evening, and he would predict all the NEC games. And you know, he basically came out and said that Red Hill's chances are slim and none, and uh, Slim just left town was, I think, basically what he put it and predicted us to lose by probably four or five touchdowns, if I was to guess. And I think it was thirty-nine. It, it, it I was, think it was thirty-nine. And Pat, no, no. I think that's right, thirty-nine. <laughs> And and the past look it up. past history, I think that uh, Mount Carmel in my in my uh, first three years, I think it was fifty something to nothing, seventy three to nothing, then another fifty to nothing, something like that. So you know, from what I recall as a player, you know, it's that week, it's Mount Carmel week. You know, while we still love what we did every day, we probably had a good idea of what we were getting into on Friday night, and. I still remember when we pulled the bus into the parking lot uh, to go into the locker room, and I don't know if you remember the the name. Their big defensive ends. His name was Jared Payne, of all things. Jared I, Payne. I he was huge. And, and I think his, his arm span was tremendous. Yeah, I think he was six five, six six. I think he went to the Naval Academy, I believe. And we pull in the parking lot, and he's got on his football pants, <laughs> nothing else, shades, a bandana, and I think we were already already shitting our pants. <laughs> Looking at the size of this guy, knowing that one of our bookend tackles uh, that night, we're going to be having to try to block him. So, you know, you know, then, of course, everyone that's had the opportunity and, you know, playing at the snake pit is just something that you have to do it to believe it. It's the one of the most iconic football stadiums and I would say in the country, just the way it sits and. To, to look at it from on the field and then that first uh, long, uh, you take down the steps after you've dressed in the locker room and I don't know how many flights of stairs that is. And you look back. You're ready, you're ready for halftime. Yeah. Exactly. You're, at least you're going downhill the first time around. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some of those games when you lost 60 or 70 to nothing, it was probably not great going back up. And, and they were arrogant pricks. Let's not of forget course, that. Of course, of course. Yeah, they, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I, ha I have a lot of good friends there. But I'm telling you, uh, they, they were very arrogant people as a, as a community. They yeah. were arrogant. And, you know, we come out, and, of course, it seems like same old, same old. Mount Carmel scores pretty quick. Um, we get down, you know, feeling pretty damn good down 13 to nothing at halftime that night, and they hadn't hadn't really uh, done much to us. We had a pretty good defense that year with, um, you know, we had Travis Barker and Shane Lumpy Wilson and uh, Chancey Roderick was a beast, and him and Travis were t probably two one of the, the best linebackers that Red Hill had over the years, and Tucker was awesome. Um you well, know. well, I was just going to say, you know, at halftime, and then maybe you two can talk about what what went on, whether it was in the locker room or the end zone. I don't know where you even went at halftime, but I it uh, wasn't the locker room for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I walked, I walked down. I was actually sitting in the bleachers, and Kevin Tucker, buddy of mine, was on the other side, and we we both kind of met down on the field, 
Um, and Kevin knows the game of football pretty well. And he said, Brian, I feel pretty good about this. What I'm seeing, you know, we're down 13, nothing, but I feel really, really good. And, and I, I think everybody, I mean, I could remember talking to people right then, like, yeah, this is okay. You know? So if you guys <laughs> remember that moment at, at halftime, I'm sure Bill probably felt the same way that, Hey boys, we're in this thing. You know, I was saying, even as a coach, coach, I'm sure that at halftime being down 13 to nothing, I'm sure you had our heads as big as they've ever been coming out of halftime, ready to, ready to really compete within the second half. Well, you know, I was basically shocked too. So. <laughs> I, I knew uh, that. <laughs> uh, you know, I think they were kind of going through the motions and, and et cetera, whatever. And, uh, uh we had, we had, you know, outside that first score, we had, uh, we didn't do anything necessarily offensively, but we were pretty sticky defensively. And uh, they turned the ball over, didn't they, quite a few times that game. I, the 96 I, I, game was where they had all the fumbles, but they definitely had, yeah, a, they had, they had all the fumbles. They had a ton of penalties in the game against us in 92, just multiple. Uh, uh, illegal procedure and um, false starts that game. Yeah, they kept, were they were yeah, a little more them. sloppy than what a typical Mount Carmel team was on week. Yeah, yeah, yes, I I remember that. I do remember that. I kept saying, shooting themselves in the foot, man. I shooting themselves in the foot. But anyway, yeah, that thirteen uh, nothing against Mount Carmel in the pit. Uh, yeah, that's you know it, it, that's uh, that was you hate to say it, but that was a win there. Right? Yeah, you feeling pretty good. You know, I think yeah, you're feeling pretty good. I think Mount Carmel had the ball to start the, the the third quarter. And I remember, if I remember anything from you, you always talked about how important that first drive was of the third quarter and how it was to get a stop when you're on defense at that time. And we were fortunate enough to get him into a punt, and and then the Bobby Stevens uh, show started pretty quickly soon after that. Um, right. If you remember, recall the first one. I, I think the play. I think it was a, either a counter option or just a straight option, and. Stevens goes 76, and then we stop him again, and Stevens gets the ball and goes 72 <laughs> on another. Uh, I think that was just a straight pitch play. Yeah, uh, We're now sitting there tied with Mount Carmel 13-13, to and I don't think anybody knew what hit him at that point. Do you, do you recall the feeling on the sidelines with the coaches at that point? Oh, yeah. Greg Lawson <laughs> was on my phones, and we were talking, and it, it, it was just it was amazing. Uh, do you want me to tell you the Bobby Stevens story now? Absolutely. Please. Before we go leave Bridgeport on that night, Harry Rice and I can't remember what other administrator comes up to me and says, Bill, we're pretty sure Bobby Stevens is ineligible. Mm. I said, what do you mean ineligible? I said, all right, check eligibility. It's eligible. Checked it last Friday. It's good for this Friday. He's ineligible to be next Friday. No, he's done for the year. Hmm. I said, what? What the hell are you talking about? said, we had a teacher come from the elementary when he was in the second or third grade. Now, get all this facts. I'm not going to mention the teacher's name. I'm not going to say where this came from or whatever. But this is the story they told me at the stage, right in front of the stage in the gym and says, Bobby's too old. He was supposed to have been retained in the second grade. Uh. And I said, what are you talking about? On Monday morning, Bobby will be done playing football and basketball and baseball. 
how that would have changed history. So I'm thinking, you know, what kind of world am I living in right now? I said, I've got to go down there and get my ass kicked by my car. <laughs> and you're telling me I'm going to lose my best running back because he's eight years ago, he was supposed to be held back, and now he's not. He's too old. I kind of remember this now. Yeah. Well, you know, I told, I talked to the coach's staff. I said, I don't believe this. And so, I said, so I got to tell Bobby. I, well, I, the coaches, I said, should we tell him now or should we tell him after the game? Well, we decided we thought it was when I said Bobby, we should tell him. Well, you saw how he played that night. He played like it was going to be his last game. That's, yeah. no, that's no kidding. You know, I think uh, he, he came and, out like a different man that, that, that second half for sure. And what happened, what happened was uh, – it was a it was a mix up in the administration books or something uh, in the grade school or basically grade school wherever he went to grade, grade school and they fit, fit, went through it was going to go to court I thought maybe I don't know I can't remember that part yeah. but but anyway he was found to be it was not his fault they they took it to the state the state said he started the season we got this they did they did and he was eligible to play the rest of the year. I don't know how many people knew that story. Not very many, I don't think. I I I remember hearing just a piece of it or something, but that's that's. He had thing. to go to him and his mom, or, or they had to go to Springfield or somewhere, and with Harry and the principal at the time, yeah. and they got it all cleared up. Thank God, because he was a great kid, and you know it was not his fault. He right. Didn't know about it. Yeah. Well, def- I didn't know about it. definitely. When we do the show, and and I'm sure we'll do a show specifically on just this game. I we, I really like to have Bobby. I I don't think we could do the show and do it justice without having Bobby on for sure. Right. Well, so, anyway, back to the game. Yeah. So and it, that was his 13, first day back. Yeah, that was his first game yeah. because he'd been in National Guard duty for the summer, so he had to get enough practices in. So he right. that was his first game of the year. So we're sitting there at 13 all and. Um, now we're in the fourth quarter, and uh, we call. And one of the funniest things, I finally got talked to, uh, I think it was two football seasons ago, I ran into Greg Laughlin. Of course, I still have the, a copy of that tape, and you can hear, you know, you got Greg in, in your ear, and he's talking to you. And I, th- the play right before, I believe, his 72-yard touchdown run, we run an option, and I fake it to Chancey Roderick, our fullback, and I, I go ahead and carry it out for a one- or two-yard gain. And you can hear Greg Laughlin screaming on, on Barry <laughs> Edwards, carry the damn thing out. And then, of course, we call an option the next play. We run the option, and, and Bobby goes 72 for a touchdown. So I gave Greg a hard time about that, that he was screaming and hollering at me to, to – to, to make the right play, and then the next one went for a long touchdown. But we're sitting at 13 all, and I, I don't know if you remember the run that Bobby had on the uh, the next one, which is right around a 45-yard touchdown run. Do you, do you remember that run at all, and that, that, the, the shortest one of the night he had? I've seen it, yeah. I've watched it on tape. Yeah, it was. It I was. Mean, he broke. I think he broke his. I don't know how many kids at Mount Carmel were all over him, but he somehow, yeah, we call it the Bob, hey, Bob and Weave. The Bob and Weave, that's right. Well, you know, you know what? And, and and so uncharacteristic of Mount Carmel miss a tackle. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, nothing taken away from Bobby, but oh my God, he, I know he had to break four or five. And you know, normally, which that'll come up in that uh, '96 game too, poor tackling on Mount Carmel. But but uh, you know, yeah, it was it was 
something else. It was, it was like uh, he was possessed. He was, he was, for sure. So we'll fast forward. We, we uh, Mount Carmel gets the ball with a couple minutes left, and they have a real good drive and the, ran their two-minute drill and was able to score a touchdown. And I was still shocked, Bill. I'm not sure if you were or not that John Hart tied with Red Hill in the fourth quarter. Didn't go for two when he had been he ran it down our throats. Ran it right down, I, yeah. I still can't believe he kicked the extra point to tie it up and then go for the win. Did uh, did you ever talk to John about that? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. He he regretted it. He did. He he admitted it. He should have gone for two. Um, you know, sometimes you do that. I I I'll talk about that later when I get this down the road in the next segment. But uh, I did that once too. And of course, it paid off at Villa Grove. But uh, one other time, it, uh, I was debating whether it was playing all the time. What's the rule? Blah, blah, blah. Lead by one, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had a chart with my play calling sheets when I was calling the man before Billy took over. And sometimes you go by the book, and sometimes you go by the heart. In this case, no play on words there. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably should have gone for two. But, and he admitted that he should have. But he didn't. And, and the rest is history. And, the, and their kicker makes the PAT, and then we uh, get the ball back and basically take a knee to, to go into overtime. And uh, another one that you've always – I know and uh, I've been with you on the coaching staff and a couple overtime games. If you win the toss, you always want to go on defense first. And that was uh, – we did win the toss, and Matt Carmel goes on defense. And uh, I think they ran a couple uh, three running plays and then tried for a, a pass on fourth down, and Steve Bocock makes a, a big interception. Great play, yep. Um, yeah, it was a great play. It was a great play. And I think I talked to Steve a few years ago, and he's like, you know, I wish I could have ran that back. I would have went 100 <laughs> yards for a return on that one. But, of course, the play was dead. And, um, you know, do you remember the play call in the, on first down? I, I Well, it's some type of option, but – because you take it in. Everybody went to Bobby. He went to the restroom, and you strolled in the end zone. Yeah, so we was, I remember it was the goal line offense at that point, so we were double tight, and uh, it was a uh, fake to Chansey, so it was a counter option left is what it was. So so, so let's talk about yeah. this. So, Gary, you're, you you were on defense. Do you, go to the, do you go to the sideline? You and Bill talk about what you're going to do. Bill, do you – do you turn to who at that point, or do you know exactly what you're doing before before we even get there? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Gary can add in. I, I really don't remember this situation. I probably should. But uh, I usually – I thought I usually asked. I know when Billy was quarterback, I asked him several times, especially in that playoff game. Billy said, just let me have the ball, coach. <laughs> just get out of the way. He, you know, yeah. He said, don't – let's don't fool his hand it off. He told me one time, he said, just let me keep the ball. And we did that early in that game against Mount Carmel, 96. But later in the uh, later in the game, he said, "Let's don't do that. Let's, <laughs> let me have the ball." So, so anyway, yeah. To answer your question, I didn't, and uh, I don't remember. And that was that. That play had actually been somewhat successful. The yeah um, that yes, that night. Is. So you know, the counter option. We 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 score the touchdown. Of course, the. Our bench empties. People were storming the field. Uh, that's one of those games that I think will always go down in Red Hill War. Uh, you know, we had the amazing opportunity to beat Mount Carmel a couple times, and that was the first time we got to beat him as a Red Hill, at least. And, um, you know, the, that really set off a, 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 a team. We were sitting at 2-1. and one. We have a pretty amazing uh, comeback again the next week, and that's where Wild Bill's nick- nickname came out with Colin A. Uh, a halfback option pass on fourth and four and inside of a minute to go in the game. And 
that know, was Tucker to Ju- Justin Marinholtz Justin on that Marinholtz, one. Yep. But going back to, uh, I'm curious what what was the? I know you you rode the bus back with the team. What was what was Bridgeport like the night after we beat Mount Carmel in '92? Well, it was a long night. I, I was going to say if I, I I think the forecast was drunk. Is what it was. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. You were talking about Greg being on the headset. Greg texts me down and says, what are we going to do? And my line to Greg was, there's not enough beer in Bridgeport for tonight. <laughs> and I threw, I threw my headset. Yeah. And he, he reminded me of this. Uh, it was two years, I think it was last year, a year before I was down watching some of Billy's games. And he said, you remember what you said on your headset? I said, I sure do. I said, there's not enough beer. I, actually, that's wrong. That's wrong. I said, there's not enough beer in Lawrence County. For us. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was it was something else. And, you know, me being a coach thinking ahead, oh, I can't believe we did this. Everybody's not going to believe this. Shockwaves through the state. My, <laughs> believe it or not, here I am thinking about the next thing I'm thinking. How am I going to keep these kids up? Yeah, they beat Mount Carmel. Now they think, "Hey, hell, this season's over." Yeah, we're going to beat that. We're going to beat everybody. That was what I was thinking. I do remember that coming home. And I think it was a season that said we had the next week against Carmi. We we had come out and came out flat for sure, and then came back and I think scored thirteen points in the yep. in the fourth quarter to to beat them. And uh, you know. Then disappointment began week week five against Fairfield. We lost, and then we ended the season on a really down note with four and four going against Lawrenceville and lost on basically a, a really long pass that uh, that beat us, and we were winning that game at halftime. So that that season was a, a bit disappointing, especially from my standpoint. You know, we had a, a pretty darn good defense at least, and and, a, and an offense that was probably good enough to win a few games. But that was a season I felt like kind of. Kicked off some things, and like I say, when you when you beat Mount Carmel in the Snake Pit, there's uh, there's not too much more special than that for sure. Well, if you look past that year, um, I think we only have three, four, and you know I don't have oh ch- uh, Chipper. Yeah, what I'm was here. our record? What was our record in '09? In '09, um, yeah. I don't have that with me right now. We've got a crack staff of interns, and we let them all go for the evening. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you the, know what? So the 2009 record? Me. You've got that, Mook, don't yeah. you, on, the, on that list? No, I just had the playoffs here. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll have it. Just, well, anyway, I, the reason I asked, I, 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 I looked at my playoff pictures. I, I got all those in my bar room here at home there in Terre Haute, but I didn't have 09 on there for some reason. And everybody who called, you know, Chip, Chipper's site, Red Hill site, I was looking through everybody who was giving their records, and 09 never came up. And neither did 84 or, yeah, 84. Wait, one of our, one of our crack instern, interns just ran in a slip of paper and handed it to Chip. What? Uh, the 09 team was four and five. Okay. And what was the other year you were wondering about? I got it. You gave it to me okay. earlier. All right. So, so and then my 0-11 was two and seven. So one, two, three, three, four, five, five, five out of the next 
next like seventeen years we're losing records. Five hundred. Well, so so we're we're at the corner, gang. Yeah, well, we're starting and, to turn the corner. And like you said, it was when you took over that junior program, and I said it at the time, and I still think it now. He did say you. I remember you saying that to me thirty years ago. Yeah, that when when he took over the program, and I, and I use that as an example when I was out in Batesville. Uh, I'm not going to go into this story. Varsity coach gets pissed off at the junior league because they were wearing blue pants instead of the traditional white pants and had nothing to do with the junior league. And <laughs> I've told the story to them. Like when our varsity coach got really involved with the junior league program, that's when the whole thing turned around. So it was disappointing to me to see that. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're we're turning the corner. And you know, coach, we've been doing this for an hour and 45 minutes. We've got a little bit more that we want to cover with you. This About might 20, be 20 more years. We got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We only yeah. got 20 years to go. Maybe you know, when you first said there's going to be two or three segments, I thought, Oh, half hour here. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, this might what? be, this go might ahead. be a good, the, the, the victory at Mount Carmel 92 might be a good point to kind of let off uh, with yep. this one. We've we'll, turned the corner. We've turned the corner. So um, we'll, we'll title the next segment. We've turned and we're heading down or something, but so why don't we get to some of the listener questions that, that pertain to the era that we've talked about now and we'll save the rest for later. And, and then Gary's got, it? Gary's got something, but um, why don't, why don't we kind of start wrapping this one up with some listener questions, if that's good for you. I love it. Okay, I'll go first. I've got a list here, and I know we've all got a few, but um, David King, who is one of the administrators on the Facebook page and couldn't be here tonight, um, he asked, when you first came to town, who, and throughout your career, who were some of the key people around town that, um, that, that helped you feel welcome and, and, and you leaned on during your time in, in Bridgeport? Well, Kinger, a great question. I've always spoke of one, even though he was in high school at the time, Jerome Thacker. Um, Jerome was uh, like like a son to me. He always calls me dad. And uh, Jerome was, like I said, he did everything for me, uh, from junior pro to coached with me for years, uh, threatened to quit for years, and always came back. And and it's just been, I, I don't, you know, I, I we would not have had success at Red Hill if we didn't have people like uh, Jerome Thacker. Uh, Terry Andrews, of course, was my right-hand man for most of the um, business part of the uh, the journey that we were on. Yeah. Uh, Terry, uh, the long-time announcer, of course, and everything else you want to ask. And, and Jack of all trades, master of none, just a, just a good old friend. And kind of Pretty pretty fun you, pretty fun to hang out with after a game too. Oh yeah, I tell you, we went on many playoff runs on on uh, Saturday nights all the way up to BFE here and there and everywhere. Terry was with us. Sometimes we took principals with us. Sometimes we took you know uh, anybody go along just to trade films. Tony Adams, of course, uh, Tony, in my opinion, is the glue. With the, the main staple to the Red Hill and before that probably Bridgeport school system. Uh, anything she didn't know and couldn't do. And, and she was very helpful. I can't yeah. You know, Duck, the old guy was just a, just a good old boy to have around and do anything for you and, and go out of the way. And, and 
he just uh, he's greatly missed. He's, he's yep. fun to be around, uh, entertaining at times, uh, a pain in the butt at times. <laughs> he helped out on a lot of little things that I needed to get done. Um, you know, you look at you look at uh, the coaches, the coach, of course. Uh, G Man's coached what for me, and uh, Coach Lyles was with me forever. Uh, he was student teacher and was coaching for me, so he's yeah. been there almost as long as dirt. And uh, Coach Gaither, and I mentioned Coach Worth earlier, and then Todd Todd Gray at baseball. And, and I'm, I've got a list that we'll include on our next segment that uh, it's kind of helped me doing the stretch and, and things of that nature. But you know, hats off to my. Uh, my family and uh, especially, uh, you know, Scott, who played for me and uh, was fortunate enough to be an old fan of state and uh, who's always been supportive through the years. It's great that uh, he had the opportunity to be part of this program. You know, I, I, one of my regrets is we didn't make the playoffs this senior year. We should have. Should have, yeah. and taken those guys, and, and we just puckered up and choked away two games that year, but but that's history, yeah. And uh, it, it's uh, it's just uh, you know, there's a lot of people to be thankful. I, I got to be careful forgetting people. But like I say, in a second segment, I've got some people that had a part to our next yep. hour and a half session. Whatever. <laughs> there you go, Chip. You got a question from a listener? Right. Yeah, I got a question from one of your former players, um, Josh Young. And he wants to know, he says, you've given a lot of great nicknames for, for your players throughout the years and, and nicknames that have stuck even after they've left uh, Red Hill. Um, what are a few, you know, five or so uh, memorable nicknames that you've, that you've given your players throughout the years? Well, I've given not only my players, but uh, one of my favorites was always Casey Leg. I called her High Pockets. I coached them <laughs> in summer softball. She had such long legs. I always said, High pockets, get your butt over here. <laughs> You're out of position. And of course, we got Brian Owen, we got G Man, although it's been G Money, G everything else, Chipper and, and Kinger and uh, uh, Chunk. And uh, I, I tell the kids I sub at Terre Haute North a couple of days a week whenever they're school. And uh, I tell my kids sometimes they got a name like uh, uh, Kevin. I says, there's a couple times I had. Four Kevins or three Kevins on the same team. And I <laughs> come up with some nickname for him. So I said, Kevin, I didn't do anything, Coach. And I said, No, not you, Kevin. You, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I, 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 uh, How about Chief? Yeah. Who? Chief. Steve Wilson. Oh, Chief. That was one of yeah. the classics. That's a good one. Give me some others. I got to think here. We may have to do some thinking for that. We, we could probably yeah. do a whole show yeah, on so nicknames. J- so, Josh, we'll, well do part know, two of this question on the next episode yeah, with because, Coach Evans. Because what I'll do, Chipper, what I'll do is I'll go in and look at the playoff pictures and, and look at the kids' names. Okay. We call Lizzie. Dan Lizzie. I called him, and some of the kids thought I called him, uh, you know, a little bit. Yeah, we got like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think these nicknames, I, I think – Part of, I think it's a way that you build relationships and build connections with players and students is, is well, with these Gino. nicknames. Gino, Gino, yeah. Gino. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, I was trying to think of uh, 
another common name that I had so many. I know we had, uh, there was another one that I had three of them on the same. It wasn't Josh. Mm. Anyway, I'll do that. I'll give that to yeah, so we'll we'll have part two of this next time we talk. So you know, you it's a way that you build connections with kids and with students is through the nicknames. And so I had one other question that kind of had to do with that. One of those um, fun things that you do, um, Brandy Duggar Whitney, who would have been in your um, in your history classes in the late '80s and early '90s, she wants to know if you still have the crossword puzzles that where you would use the, the, the sports crossword pl- puzzles where you'd have like the clues would be like players' names and so forth. She, I did she, that for she, like yeah. games and sectionals and stuff. Yeah. Yes. She wants to know if those are still around because I think she'd like a copy of those again and see how she'd do 30 years <laughs> later on those crossword puzzles. Really, that's a great question. I, I don't have them. Yeah. Uh, I do have my school podium. Really? Uh, yeah, I got the podium. It's got some nice names on it. Um, uh, Tony. Uh, Tony's another name up to that Josh question. But anyway, no, sweetheart, I don't have them. Uh, I don't know where they would be either. Well, I know I always enjoyed filling them out every year, as well as your NCAA pool. I love doing that every year, um, too. Um, that was, that was I enjoyed doing that, too. It, it got so big, I could you know, I didn't have a computer or anything back in those days. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Trying to grade those things by hand was a pain. Uh, I won that nineteen eighty seven with the Indiana Hoosiers. Man, yeah, talking God's country. There you go. Hey, uh, Neil Heath, I think you you remember old number seventy two. He uh, wanted to tank. Know, there you go, tank. Yeah, tank. Uh, yeah. Um, he wants to know your relationship and and some of the announcers over the years that that uh, that you were close to and your relationship with some of those guys, whether it be at Waco or the, or the newspapers? Well, that's a great question. Tank. Yeah. I, we had some great, that's, that's a person that, uh, uh, they, Joe Jones and, and, uh, um, the Langfords and, uh, you got Bill Richardson and, uh, uh, I'm forgetting somebody there. Uh, see what happens when you do names, but uh, well, Rob McKinley, the, yeah, Rob McKinley. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, yeah, Rob was Rob was stands up there. That, that guy is phenomenal. Was phenomenal. He's passing, yeah, but uh, he 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 did all my stats. And, and that sucker had him for me Saturday morning. We could have gotten home late from Salem, and he'd still he'd have, have him ready. He, he and Rob, hats off to Rob and. But there is a, uh, we're going to get to it, I'm sure, in the second segment, but that crazy Scott Allen down there on that 96 tape. Yeah. He is, some, he is something else. Yeah, we've got we've got all that audio. So probably the, the episode then where we really break down that one game, you'll, you'll hear a lot of that. Well, I don't know if you got to hear the trailer for this podcast, but we did a little, did a little, uh, 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 intro and, and things, and, and we've got some clips on that uh, of Scott Allen. Yeah. Well, now, I've seen on Facebook that he has he changed his last name. It's like Scott McCall or something, or is it the same one? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the, the announcer at Marshall is a pain in the ass. That guy <laughs> is it's, it's Jack Radio 105.5, Jack Radio Station, but he's still there. And he used to call me Crybaby Bill. Really? And all the times they, yes. 
and all the and he did it on the air. And all the times they screwed us up there, he has the goal to call me a crybaby. <laughs> cheating, cheating that went on at Marshall High School. Well, we just I got a, we just got another episode. Yeah, we know their timekeeper sucks for sure. <laughs> exactly, Chipper. And, and I'm telling you, uh, he he was he did a good job. And now his son's doing it now, but uh, he was uh, he's enemy number one. And then the guy <laughs> over at Florida, I can't remember his name. He was always good. See, a lot of people don't realize that when I was playing in a rock and roll band back in 68, 69, 70, part of 71, we used to play in all the towns that I eventually coached football against. Flora, Charlie Brown Park, King Tower, all these towns. Only, played in only, played in all these towns. And, you know, 20 years later, I coached football I'm thinking, whoa. Yeah. But anyway, give me another question real quick. Well, I got, I got we just got a couple more. Um, one from Tommy Tool. You remember Tom? He wants to know, and he, he's a longtime wrestling coach there now. What did you encourage your guys to to do other sports, especially wrestling? And if they and, and if they did participate in wrestling, how'd that help them on the football field? Now Tommy should already know that answer. He does. He you know I, he, never, he just I wanted airtime. Anyway, he got it. <laughs> I think Billy Grace is, is, is really supportive of this. I've noticed this. In this last, I mean, he, not that he wasn't before, but he's really pushing for it now. And, and, uh, and a lot of your top athletes are playing professionally. That uh, uh, The more sports you play, the less problems they get into, the more in shape they stay here, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I never did, and I love I love the kids. The wrestlers, oh, they're great football players. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned, you know, there's Tommy and, and even Elizabeth and Jerry Worth and some of Again, I mentioned the names. I hate to do that, but these guys don't know. I like wrestling. I enjoyed watching. I was in D, and before I was AD, and before we dropped it, I really enjoyed going to the wrestling. Yeah, I did they too. They were they were really fun. Yeah, Jim Drury was awesome. Gary Huber, yeah. those guys back in the day were, were fantastic. Carl Aiden, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So one more. Um, and this was from me. Um what stands out in your time as the athletic director? Um, I I'm sure it it made it busy when you're trying to coach two sports, but then I know I think after you got out of coaching, maybe you you were still athletic director or no? Well, yeah, when I quit co- uh quit teaching. I, I was athletic director right, okay. until yeah. until uh, I don't remember, but I'm gonna guess two oh eight or something like that. Um, Fourteen years, as you said earlier. Um, I really enjoyed being AD. I met a lot of nice people, the ADs from the other schools, particularly the LIC ones. Um, the uh, athletic director was, I you know the thing. I was football coach and I was AD, and whenever a football player got in trouble, I had to forget my title as football coach, and I had to think as an AD. And uh, I had to suspend several players, Mm. some for the rest of the year, and I didn't enjoy that at all. But I enjoyed the camaraderie of of being associated with the other schools. Um, Even in basketball, I went to all their away basketball games uh, because our principals wouldn't. And you needed to have an administrator there. My wife and I went to him, and 
we we enjoyed going to the games, and uh, you know, I I I like that part of uh, education, I guess you could say. The athletic director, and uh, I thought we did a great job, and I thought those were some of the, those fourteen years. I rang a little bit on this, but I thought it was fourteen of the best years. Red Hill, yeah, and we kept things, we kept it, ran a tight ship, kept things in order, and and uh, like I said, I hate losing that job. That's uh, another segment, segment, but uh, that uh, was a a move that I wasn't happy with, and they knew it, and that kind of had a kind of had an effect on my decision in 2011. Yeah. Well, Cause I, you, always, you, I always told Coach Gaither if I was, I'd still been athletic director, I probably still would have been your football coach. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, I I think at least up until 1992, you've you've said it all. This has been uh, everything we hoped for in episode one. I hope well, you enjoyed it as much I as hope, we did. I I appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed you guys and, and got along great with you. And you guys are super people and, uh, and, and you're doing something for the community. I think that they'll appreciate, uh, they may not like what I say, but you know, I'll, I'll leave you on this note. I have, I said, Mom, Hey coach, Hey coach, start that, start that over. Um, from, from just where you said, I'll leave you on this note. You broke up. Okay. I, I'll start. I'll, I'll leave off, leave you guys tonight with this note before we do the next segment. After about five or six years of coaching, and being a head coach, I ran home one time, and I said, hey, Mom, do I have a middle name? She goes, what do you mean? And I said, sure you got a middle name. She said, it's Wesley, which is my grandson. Mm, okay. And I said, well, Mom, I know my first name is Bill, and my last name is Evan, and I thought my middle name was Wesley. But these people on the staff up there are calling me a son of a bitch. <laughs> so, am I, am I Bill, son of a bitch, Evan? Or what is my middle name? <laughs> anyway, good talking to you guys. Coach, had a great time. I tell you. The 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 best thing of this Facebook page that Chip started, we we keep saying that you know there's a whole lot of divisiveness going on in the world right now, and and no matter what your your political views or whatever, we can all rally around Red Hill Sports, and and we've had some good times and some bad times, but um, this was fantastic. It was a great start. I know we're going to have you back, and we'll cover the rest of the years. And we've got our little studio here at, at Country Oaks, and maybe we could play some golf and, and do it here, and we'd all be in the same room if that's ever possible. But I want to tell you right now, I love you. I always have. You were a blessing in my life as, as, a, uh, as a student athlete, and uh, thank you so much for being part of this, this, uh, this first episode. Well, uh, you guys know I've always loved my football players. I look forward to doing the next segment. And just give me a good notice. Um, uh, we don't have to do it real soon. This one would probably occupy somebody's <laughs> night. <laughs> For if, sure. they're, if they're patient enough or stupid enough to listen to two hours. But 
Well, we'll the, see. the good thing is they subscribe onto any of the the, the podcast uh, sites, and they can they can break it up and listen to it as as they want to. But thank you so much. We'll definitely have you back. And uh, until next time, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Well, boys, that was uh, awesome from where I sit. Yeah, that was that was great. I mean, that was. We went two hours there, and it didn't seem like two hours. It flew by. I had a great time, and um, we got to nineteen ninety two. Got to nineteen ninety two, so we got twenty twenty more seasons to go. <laughs> um, so never even mentioned basketball. Yeah, which he I mean, was an law, assistant coach. Yeah, I didn't real. I mean, or didn't remember. Didn't realize that he had had to um, take over seven times for coaches that had been ejected. Yeah, that was something. Uh, yeah. I think we all learned uh, multiple things during this uh, interview today, and. Uh, I think everyone's going to really, really like what they what they've heard so far. I hope so. Um, if you if you think it's warranted, wherever you listen to your podcast, um, give us a five star rating. We'd really appreciate it, and definitely hit the subscribe button. That way, every time we we come out with a new episode, which will be weekly, and I think we're probably going to just try to drop them on Mondays. It'll automatically feed uh, into your your new podcast file. If uh, for some some reason you you you've never listened to podcasts, you're not sure how to do it, just watch the face. Facebook page and and send us a direct message uh, either to Chip or Brian or Dave or Gary and we'll be happy to help you out because uh, we, we've got a lot of fun in store I believe and uh, we'd appreciate you being a part of it um, next episode we're already planning episode two um, we will have a poll up probably with three or four choices on Monday and uh, we'll we'll run with that idea that everybody votes on and uh, that'll be our topic for episode two Chip, thank you, sir. And yep, there's definitely going to be more episodes with Coach Evans. I'm not sure if we said yeah, that. Yeah, that's more. right. I mean, definitely a part two, but there might be a part no, three, a part four, and he might be a frequent guest. Yeah, he just and, comes back. I mean, and, it, it, and when we get into specifics, if we do a specific game or whatnot, he, he can chime in on yep. those. And he, he's he, he just a wealth of information. Yes. I mean, it was fun to have him for sure. Thanks. Chip drove down from uh, north central Illinois. And so we could all be in the same room. Mook's down in Evansville, and he was here. I wish we could have had Dave tonight, but he's farming. So um, it was. Uh, we wanted to be in the same room for this one because we knew it would be an epic episode, and uh, I it think was. it proved to be. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, until next time, we will talk to you soon on the old school Red Hill Saluki Sports Podcast. <laughs>